0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: Another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It is an important Basketball Friday night in the Mountain State. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you here inside the studios at Marshall University and just about. 50 miles to our east. The West Virginia Girls State Tournament in the semifinal Friday. Some fantastic games. One just going final. One that may have been much closer I believe than uh, a lot of folks thought it would be going in. And uh, There's actually an interesting story behind that. We'll talk much more about that. Also, the AAA title game will be set in about an hour, and 15, hour, 20 minutes from now as we await the night cap in Charleston between Huntington and George Washington. The Class AA State Championship game is set for tomorrow in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. The Boys State Tournament is set for next week in Charleston. and Coach Marone, um, great time of year, busy time of year, and uh, we're, we're right down to the nitty-gritty now.
2: Yeah, i tell you what, uh, Ryan, I hate to say I I wish I wasn't here with you guys. Uh, I love you guys and love your company, but uh, I wish we were still uh, uh, in the pursuit of that uh, state championship. But like you said, the finals starting to fall into place in girls, and James, the boys, is in place. What a great time of year! And I tell you what, you top all that off with the college uh, uh, tournaments and conference tournaments, and just an amazing time of year for basketball fans. Yeah, it's
3: like what Dickie Vitale says: it's March, it's March Madness, <laughs> baby! Uh, it is. I mean, it's basketball galore. It's a uh, a connoisseur of, of basketball. And first off, I want to say, I hate seeing you not there because the tie on the picture that I saw—I believe Marcus Constantine—you're—you <laughs> know—a big, big grin, big orange tie, and you look so happy on the sideline. <laughs> It was. Uh, it was nice. Was that to before tip
2: off?
4: No,
3: it may. It may have been. I think. I think you looked over and you saw the concession stand was open. Maybe it was a you know, visitors lounge or something. But no, just kidding. But uh, no. I mean, for your team, though, Coach, you guys made a really big run with a young team, and I mean that that has to be something that you look back and say, "We got there, but we really want to go further next year." But it gives you something to build off of moving moving forward.
2: Yeah, we had a great run, and it really peaked at the right time. And you mentioned that a young team, none of our players had ever been to the state tournament before, but you really saw determination there. They weren't just happy to be there, and that's what I looked at as a coach was, you know they were hungry for more uh, they got uh, in there had a had a tough draw in mean, Wyoming East obviously still in the hunt for a state title we'll get into that in a little bit uh, how they fared today but uh, you know a lot of weapons for the lady warriors but uh, we battled hard we got off to a bit of a slow start uh, outscored them in the second quarter the second half was an eight point game so we had it down to ten points, I think, in the third period, and then they put a spurt on us. So, but uh, our kids got great experience. We only have one senior; uh, we'll miss her. Uh, Michaela Messer graduates for us, but a lot of young players, uh, seven players returning, and that that experience is invaluable. Well, coach,
1: we didn't get to actually speak with you last week. We we know
2: that uh, you were enjoying uh, that win
1: of that game that was postponed because of snow last uh, Thursday, but um, a great run. It was good to see you back in Charleston too. At, um, That had been a couple years. And um, that's been a place that's been a very familiar stopping ground for you over the past twenty years or so.
2: Yeah, it was great. Uh, we hadn't been there in five years, oh uh, ten, when Kara Pollinger played for us, and uh, so it was great to be back. We'd been in two regional finals in between there, but uh, you know, to have the Lady Rebels back in Charleston in Double A was great. Of course, last year in Double for us for a while, but uh, I got to to experience that, and and more importantly, uh, you know, we've been blessed to be there several times before, but these kids hadn't, and our fans were there in great numbers, and. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Wish it could have went a little further, but uh, nonetheless, uh, great memories made this week.
1: So, again, Tulsa losing to Wyoming East back on Wednesday in the girls' double A state tournament. 64-44 was the final in that. But we know that you're here now because you want the scores from today. We'll also set, of course, the boys' regional finals and get those to the boys' state tournament matchups. We'll have all that for you. But first, it's time for our very first scoreboard update of the night. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Let's just go back to a game that just ended. Class A state title game is now set and it will be St. Joe going for eight in a row. But it wasn't easy for Huntington St. Joe. They beat St. Mary's tonight 47-43. A game that St. Mary's had a couple shots in the last ten seconds in an attempt to tie, but St. Joe gets the win and will play for number eight. Tomorrow, they will take on the Gilmer County Titans who held off Notre Dame 47 44. Was the final Gilmer County and St. Joe for the girls' class A state title tomorrow in Charleston? The girls' double A state championship is also set. It will be Wyoming East who knocked off reigning state champion Systemville. There will be a new title, it's in double A. The Warriors get the win, 51-46 tonight, or excuse me, that was actually this afternoon. And uh, that was a fantastic game as well. Sissonville actually had an eight-point lead in the second quarter of that one. And Wyoming East hit them with a spurt right back. And uh, Gabby Lapartis and the Warriors, they're more than one person show too. They're going to go to the state title game where they will take on the Polar Bears of Fairmont Senior. The number three seed Polar Bears beat Grafton. 76-58 this morning in a game that broke all kinds of records. Not the kinds of records you necessarily want to break. (laughs) Let's just say that game set the entire morning session back a little bit time-wise, too. Class AAA game is uh, about to tip off in uh, about maybe 10 minutes or so from now. It will be Huntington and George Washington. And the winner of that one will take on two-time reigning AAA state champion Morgantown. The Mohicans, beat Parkersburg South in a very good ball game tonight. 57-49 Morgantown eliminates Parkersburg South in Charleston for the third straight year. And that is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Before we get too far along, guys, uh, just looking back at uh, those games that were played today and, of course, one still uh, getting set to tip off a little bit later on, but Um, The game that just ended, St. Joe 47-43 over St. Mary's. Coach Marone, that game I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people thought it was. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan, as I followed that game uh, this evening, uh, St. Joe built a 17-point lead in that game, but Tell you what, Howard Meeks. Uh, you talk about the Rodney Dangerfield of of uh, girls basketball. He has had some powerful teams at St. Mary's. Unfortunately, they have been in the midst of that run that St. Joe has had, and they actually took the lead in this game late, uh, forty three to forty two, and uh, and had an opportunity there. There was a couple of plays as we monitored that coming down the stretch on the video feed that we have, and. Uh, uh, could not hang on, but hats off to Howard Meeks and uh, the Lady Devils and uh, St. Joe uh, survives and advances, which is what the name of the game is. And I'll tell you what, they'll have a tall task tomorrow, both literally and figuratively. This Gilmer County team, a very good ball club, they had a tough game today as well, but uh, they've got some weapons, and uh, one of them stands about six <laughs>
5: four. Yeah,
1: I think Riley Fitzwater is going to become a, uh, a household name in uh, girls' high school basketball, and then this year she's made her name in the state tournament. Which is kind of unfortunate that you almost have to get to the state tournament to get that recognition. I mean, we follow it as close as anyone.
6: Mm-hmm. I'd
1: heard of her a couple of years ago when they got beat by St. Joe in the regional final. And then knew she still existed, but hadn't, hadn't been able to get a whole lot uh, from her. And now, you know, she has just been outstanding in the state tournament um, and James, I know you've got a lot going on over uh, there, doing about uh, three jobs tonight while hosting co-hosting a radio <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. but um, that's
3: what I get for taking a vacation, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly, right? Uh, class Double A today, Wyoming East beats Sissonville in a, in a fantastic game, and Fairmont Senior another win over Grafton.
3: Yeah, and going back to that the Wyoming East Sissonville game, I mean, you, you one has to to think how much was taken out of Sissonville to the win just to get to that point. Um, you know, Sissonville's Madison Jones with a buzzer beater, what a job that she did just to get that shot away. She dribbled out almost 14 seconds off the clock, hits the 14-foot jumper off of the baseline to uh, to give Sissonville the win. But Gabby Lepardis, um we've been talking about her for the last two years and the job that she's been able to do there at Wyoming East. So uh, hats off to them and, again, Fairmont Senior, they can just continue rolling, and I mean it's a, a nice win today. Over or earlier uh, to get uh, past Grafton seventy six fifty eight. You go back earlier this week; they knocked off North Marion sixty three forty seven. Polar bears they're, uh, it may be warm outside, but it's nice and frigid <laughs> in their igloos that they're getting ready to put a state championship in. They're one game away.
2: Tell you what, uh, Ryan, you mentioned earlier, and we don't get too far veered off course, but uh, records just uh, shattered in that game, and the one that I'll share with you, and again. Uh, Games are what they are, and we'll uh, probably address this throughout the evening tonight. But the number of fouls called in this ball game totaled 96 free throws attempted. Uh, that's with both teams combined. But uh, Grafton had 32 personal fouls whistled on him, 35 on Fairmont. And I, I don't want to use the word bludgeoning out of context here, but Fairmont Senior just almost bludgeons you with their effort and their intensity. They run 12 to 14 girls at you in waves. Coach Corey Hines, we've had him on the, uh, on the uh, show uh, throughout the, the length of the show. He's a great guest on the show. And they come at you in waves, and you know that type of game. I don't know if any coach likes it, but it doesn't really faze them because their depth is uh, beyond uh, what normal teams have.
1: Both teams made 36 free throws, which broke the old record of uh, 29 made in a game by St. Mary's uh, in 2014 against Tucker County. Free throws attempted, the old record was 37. Grafton attempted 50 this morning, and that broke a record that was 32 years old. Going back to Mullins against Madonna in 1984, in terms of personal fouls, in that same Madonna-Mullins game, there were 29 Called against Madonna in that game, um, and there were also 29 called against Tucker County in 2014. Fairmont Senior was whistled for 35 tonight, or this morning again, this morning. And most combined fouls had been 49 between Tucker County and St. Mary's in uh, two years ago. They obliterated that by 16 tonight. 65 total and fouls this morning.
3: You, you want to talk about? Uh, you always talk about, especially when you get into these long tournament runs. You want to start worrying about legs and getting players iced down. Fairmont seniors go to have to ice down their arms. <laughs> sixty-four field goal attempts, forty-six free throw attempts in this basketball game. They also pulled down forty-six rebounds. Um, and to kind of put that in perspective, the sixty-four field goal attempts doubles up what Grafton got off thirty-two exactly. Uh, this Fairmont senior team, like you said, I mean, it, it, it looks like a small, um, like a fifth-grade classroom roster that you see there with all the players that they have. It just keeps going and going and going and That's one of the things. If you've got the players to use, you've got the fouls to give, you go out and you play hack-a-shack, especially if you feel like that you can take advantage of the team on the other side.
1: Eleven players scored today for the Polar Bears. And there were several more that played and didn't. Corey Hines is the head coach. He joins us now on the program. Coach, um, how are your girls feeling after uh, that (laughs) that bruising game this morning?
7: Hey, man, I I... (laughs) – You know how you are in a situation when somebody's talking about you and you, you can hear them. That's how I just felt <laughs> listening to you guys. I'm like, man, I'm on this phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, though. It was great. Hey, what you guys didn't tell them was between both teams. I think we shot like seventy-five percent from the free throw line if we combine everybody's efforts, right? <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that that that's the thing. Grafton so goes thirty-six of fifty, and you yeah. go thirty-six of forty-six. Yeah, yeah.
7: yeah so, yeah. I think between the two teams, man. So make sure that you tell everybody that uh, they they still shot shot fifty free throws. Now, now you know everybody went home. The Grafton was talking about the rest, and everybody went back from Fairmont talking about the rest. So hopefully, none of those rest live in Grafton or Fairmont because I, I think their house will get egged or something. <laughs> so, hopefully, we're not talking about. But I mean, both teams. One team shot forty six free throws, and team shot fifty. So that means we was getting the transition, getting up and down. Hopefully, uh, the game tomorrow is nothing like that. But man, it was it was it, it was gut wrenching at times, but also exciting. Your Very team had to come with the win. Yeah,
1: absolutely, your team now twenty three and four on the season after that victory. And coach uh, balance, I think, is the the kind of the word that goes with with your ball club. Uh, you know, in the win over North Marion back on Wednesday, it was um, Abby Stoller anisa jordan 16 and 13 14 points also in that game from angela di lorenzo and then you come back this morning and you get 20 from erica bowles uh it's just you've got so many players and so much depth it's kind of kind of a, a wealth so to speak for your ball club um
7: but you know one of the things that uh was, like, most impressive, even with that uh, 20 points Erica scored. It was like, Erica, um, she tied for the leading rebounds, man. She had six rebounds. Um, well, there was a lot of people got got rebounds, but that was great. And then you have players who who have played, but they haven't got as much time as they probably would have liked, but they came in this game and they contributed and did a great job. Yeah, Kayla Anton, she had eight points. And then Summer West, man, our, our base got in foul trouble. Summer came in, and Gave us five points and some rebounds, and she got actually, I think one of the fouls on one of their best players, like going up for a rebound, getting the foul, so that helped contribute to that win, and and that's something that you want to push forward and you you want to sit there and acknowledge, hey man, you never know when your number is going to get called, but hopefully you will be ready when it is.
3: Coach, congratulations on the win. Uh, going through the stat sheets, three numbers that really jump out to me: you forced twenty-five turnovers in the ball game. You get 26 second-chance points by holding Grafton to only nine, and you pull down 28 offensive rebounds. Out of those three, which one aided you the most to be able to pull off this win over a tough Bearcats team?
7: Oh, of course, uh, second-chance points. Um, that means people hitting the boards. Uh, I think we, we had, what you said, like 28 offensive re- like that, that, that gives a, a jump shooter or anybody who takes shots um, confidence and saying, hey, that my teammates got my back. So if I miss, you know, hey, I got another opportunity. So I, I think that that was like the most important.
1: Well, Coach, now you turn around and tomorrow you get Wyoming East in the Class AA State Championship game. Your impressions of the Warriors? I know you've got the chance to see them up close and personal here the past few days.
7: Oh, man, um, great team. Uh, great guard play. Uh and uh, they they got a great inside presence. Um, it's one of those teams that, uh, like all year, like we didn't get a chance to see them a the whole bunch, but the times that we did get to see them, it was very impressive. And you always hear about them, you know. That's one of those teams that you hear about, you know, all over state. You're hearing about some of the things that uh, Wyoming Nice is doing. So we really look forward to this matchup because it, it really is going to, you know, give us the ultimate test. Let us know where we stand in the state.
1: Coach Corey Hines of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. Again, they play tomorrow for the Class AA state title against the Wyoming East Warriors. Coach Hines, thanks for taking time out to talk with us. Congratulations on your run into the state championship game and wish you the best of luck tomorrow.
7: Hey, thank you, guys.
1: All right. Again, Coach Hines, uh, definitely appreciate him taking the time to speak with us tonight. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Amy Chapman, the head coach of the Gilmer County Lady Titans, who will play for the Class A state title tomorrow. All that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Breaks Sports Network.
4: basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network
5: basketball's voice in the mountain state it's basketball friday night in west virginia High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules you can send your game reschedules by text tweets and emails We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website check it out find out how you can connect with the show a shout out to all our new twitter followers follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup new followers include rich clark heather mike baldy mike Goldwyn, christopher derico brandy haney coach ron terry sydney Hoop Dog, Anita E., and Easton Davis. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
4: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as
1: this and one more. Down to the final two Friday nights. We're just trying to remember how to do things here on the program. It's the first time we've all three been together, and yeah, it seems like
3: weeks, and then I, I guess we'd almost say months, uh, or at least over a month. But uh, well, we all
2: got the shirt right.
3: Yeah, we did get
6: the shirt. Oh, oh, I, I, I and come, and we're all regretting it. Yeah, too. I, I come
3: running in fifty-five seconds. I left my shirt upstairs. Like, oh no! So I have to sprint upstairs, bring it down, and then yeah, I'm regretting. I almost pulled out the white today because I, I haven't worn the white all season. And, uh, yeah, I wished I'd been the odd duck out today.
1: <laughs> James Collier, always the proverbial road team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> always going with the dark uniform here. And before we get to our next caller, we'll talk with uh, Amy Chapman, head coach of the Gilmer County Lady Titans, who will play St. Joe in the Class A title game tomorrow. A couple things I want to mention. I know our cameras can't exactly get right in on them right now, but we have some additions to the set. We had them last week, and I just didn't get to them we got a Princeton Tigers jersey, a Bluefield Beavers jersey, both courtesy of Marcus Constantino. And we have the Parkersburg South versus Ripley and his army shirt that was uh, courtesy of Coach Mike Fallon at uh, Parkersburg South.
3: Yeah, it's a nice addition to the set. I, I walked in and I saw all the shirts and I was like, yeah, it's a. Uh... No, they're not out here in front anymore. It's are starting to grow. We want more shirts. If you have a shirt, a jersey. It's called swag. Yeah, it's called swag. Yeah. We want your swag. We want to cover this desk up. We will hang them all over the back if we have to.
1: But we don't want to pay for it. Yeah. yeah we're, we we're, can't we, afford it.
3: No, on our budget, we need, uh, we need free swag. <laughs> we're all about the swag bag, but it's got to be free.
1: Right. That's just how we operate. But, you, you know we talked about it in brief and i think we can go back to it again is that quite frankly in class a st. joe having won the last seven going for eight straight uh state titles is its own storyline but i think that at the same time coach marone we've got the we've got the stat sheets for the for the games from uh, all week <coughs> And I think one of the most impressive stat lines that I've ever seen in the state tournament was turned in by Riley Fitzwater of Gilmer County. And just going back to the opening round win over Fayetteville yesterday in the quarterfinal round, 10 of 13 from the floor, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 12 blocks. The 12 blocks tied the team record in a single game in single A. She, um, I guess you could say rim protector. And uh, I, that's a, a name, again, a 6'4 player who is, uh, you know, she. what impressed me most is a 10-13 from the field, very efficient. Coach Amy Chapman is the head coach of the Lady Titans. She joins us now. and Coach, um, I think the people who follow Class A very closely already knew about Riley Fitzwater, and I believe now people who just follow in passing know about Riley Fitzwater. You can't really hide her anymore, can you? No,
8: no. <laughs> she is uh, absolutely putting up some good numbers and getting some good attention right now.
1: <laughs> and and of the positive variety. And your team playing for a state title tomorrow after a 47-44 win tonight, or uh, today I should say, over Notre Dame. And, and that was a tough ball game, too, in, in terms of um, you guys seem to be able to get out to a lead in that game. And uh, in the third period, and in the fourth, and, uh Notre Dame would not go away. And uh, toward the end, got a little bit uh, nerve wracking, but your team able to hold on.
8: Yeah, you know Notre Dame is a you know a fantastic ball team. Um, I think you know we didn't shoot the ball very well from the free throw line. I think we were, we went ten for thirty one, and that that really hurt us. And I think it started to creep inside their heads. They were playing. More not to lose than playing to win and just got a little timid about not being the aggressor, but you know they' you know pull pull one out like that you know they're going to be tight at this point in time in the, in the, um in the tournament, so we're just very happy and thrilled to death to be playing for uh the championship game well
1: uh, and let me put let me get this uh this line here as well for today for Riley fitzwater sixteen points twenty three rebounds. And that doesn't even – I mean, we're also talking about Kylie Schuff. She had 14 rebounds and 14 points for your ball club as well. So, I think that, um, again, Fitzwater now becoming known, Schuff doing a lot of the the dirty work for your ball club as well.
8: I mean, right. I mean, when we come out in the second half and we got into that third and fourth quarter, you can – you can just tell that both Riley and Kylie wanted it really bad and you know they just were doing everything they could to um, you know advance us to the championship game and you know I'm really proud of Kylie I know she kind of struggled it for a little while in the game but to just push through and get some of those key offensive boards late and you know Riley just was huge in the paint again today um, you know there's no you, you know Riley is just coming into her own right now and I think there's. This um, postseason play, she's just her confidence is getting, you know, um, stronger and stronger. And, and she's, you know, really doing really well this, this postseason
2: for us. Coach Chapman, again, congratulations. Coach Marone here. And uh, I know last year it had to be disappointing uh, when your team got one step from the the state tournament and it came up a bit short. But a lot of these girls, I'm sure, used that as motivation as they got back to the state this year. You all had an awesome crowd today. I'm sure that's a big uh, – push for your girls and uh, as you get ready for the championship game uh, can you take the momentum from a tough win today Uh, you had probably a few more turnovers than you would have liked you know Huntington St. Joe probably going to try and turn up the pressure Uh, did you feel like your girls maybe got through that second half got a good hard fought win will help their confidence uh, tomorrow in the championship
8: you know I think so Um, we um we had some uh, turnovers that we, you know, that we normally don't have, and we we've got to expect the pressure from St. Joe's, and you know they're so quick and athletic that that's just something that we're going to talk about tonight and tomorrow before the game, and you know we just we've got to be able to handle the their pressure. We've got to be able to attack it and not be timid in it, and and uh, you know go make sure we get it pat, get it you know down the floor, get it past half court, and then just go to work um, inside. And I think that our our confidence is going to be fine tomorrow just for the simple fact that these kids are just ready, ready for this. They prepared for this, and, you know, I think they'll be fine tomorrow.
1: Well, Coach, another question, too. St. Joe with the seven straight state titles. Obviously, that's something that can get into someone's head. I mean, uh, St. Joe's coach... Our St. Oh, yeah. Mary's coach, excuse me. Uh, he he actually there was a blog about on the uh, West, uh, the Charleston Gazette-Mail this morning that I thought was really good. I uh, we'll talk about that later in the program, but because that, that doesn't really pertain to your ball club. But for your club tonight, St. Joe looked invincible. Did that? Did did you? I don't know if you were around your team at the game tonight. I don't know if you were back at the uh, away from the uh, Charleston Civic Center at the time. But does that kind of maybe? I don't know kind of put a little extra pep in your step going into tomorrow?
8: Um, you know, it does. Um, we, we sat there as a team and watched the whole game. St. Mary's was in it the whole way. Um, you know, St. Joseph's is an incredible program. They have incredible players. And, you know, I think that the girls have confidence going into this game. You know, we don't have anything to lose right now. We just, we're going to go and and you know, we're going to play and have fun and do what we do and just hopefully we take care of the basketball and be strong with the basketball and, uh, work our offensive sets, and you know, make sure that we extend out on the three-point line and limit them to one shot or less, and you know, go from there.
1: With Gilmer County now 24 and two, and will play for its first state title. They'll be in the game for the second time. They were in it in 2001. Coach Amy Chapman, we wish you the best of luck tomorrow.
8: Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate
1: it. All right, that's Gilmer County Lady Titans coach Amy Chapman. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update, including the very latest on the game going on right now between Huntington and George Washington. That's the nightcap to the girls' Class AAA semifinal and semifinal Friday. Also, we'll uh, we'll get a we'll set the uh, the state boys basketball tournament lay it out for you as well. I'm we'll talk with Morgantown girls coach Jason White. They go for three straight tomorrow. Back with more after this on
4: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's absolutely
5: no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We'd like you to become our correspondent. Update us on your team's reschedules, scores, and anything else you'd like to send about your teams. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Give us an update on your team's reschedules and any other information you'd like to send. You can tweet, text, and email. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all our affiliates carrying the show tonight. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Nick Greeley, Hallie Persilli, Shawnee Underwood, Aaron Jones, Madison, at mad underscore Lucas, Greg Conlick, Maddie Faye, Jason Brown, Elvis Patricks, Leanne Porterfield, Gary Sheff, Nathan Cottrell, Isaiah Logan, Melissa, Justin Harrison, Stitches at Jenkins32Z, Ajax, Holly Joler, Brian Gompalo, Landon Dillard, Jamie Dole, Shannon at ShannonRenee underscore XO, Ryan Farley, Monroe Moeller, Eleanor Pierce, Kylie Ellis, Neil Rasnick, Shayla Hinterer, Matt Hensley, Kelsey Miller, Colton Fix, Mackenzie Friend, MHS Girls Basketball. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup it's basketball friday night in west virginia
4: this is high school basketball's home for the mountain state basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to basketball night in west virginia with james collier coach rick marone and ryan epling it's 9.31 on this Basketball Friday
1: night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone back with you here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Semi-final Friday for girls' high school basketball in the Mountain State. One week away from the boys' semifinal Friday at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. We'll set the boys' schedule for you out in just a moment. Of course, you can always find that out on basketballnight.com. But uh, first... Before we get to Coach Jason White of the Morgantown Mohegan's girls basketball team, let's get another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Going on right now in Charleston, Class AAA, girls semifinal. It is Huntington leading George Washington. That's the last score checked me out that was 12-5
3: actually an updated score 14-5 now 14-5. Huntington on top
1: and they're in a, they're in a break right now And uh, thanks to our RSM for uh, allowing us a video feed of that ball game Jordan
3: Dawson with an early 8 points to uh, lead the Highlanders in there the uh, 2016 Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of West Virginia
1: so already off to a good start for her also uh, the winner of that game will take on Morgantown the Mohegans beat Parkersburg South today 57-49 in the Class AAA semifinals the double matchup is set it will be Wyoming East after that beat Sissonville tonight for this afternoon 51-46 I'll get the time of day right before the night's (laughs) over I promise early this morning Fairmont senior defeated Grafton 76-58 and in class single a a game that just went final about a half hour ago now it was St. Joe beating St. Mary's 47-43 The Irish score the last five points to win the ball game to come from behind in the fourth quarter. They'll take on the Gilmer County Lady Titans, who beat Notre Dame 47-44 after another huge game from Riley Fitzwater. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. We mentioned that Morgantown getting back to the AAA state title game with a 57-49 win over Parkersburg South. Those two teams have been basically – almost companions the past three seasons. Uh, This was the eighth meeting in the last two years between those ball clubs. Jason White is the head coach of the Mohegans. and uh, Coach, I know familiarity can breed contempt. I know with you in Parkersburg South, it breeds a lot of respect. You get the win over the Patriots tonight and back into the uh, state title game tomorrow. First off, congratulations on that win. Hey,
9: thanks so much. It was a a very hard-fought Uh, victory tonight. You guys tip your cap to Parkersburg South, a a team that came in here and and battled us right to the very end.
1: Well, Coach, I know you would prefer to talk about your team, and we will do so more in depth here in just a moment. But first, we'll touch on Parkersburg South. We all know the situation, losing uh, Taryn McCutcheon. Um, She uh, transferred out as a team that kind of had to reset and re-gel. That team was playing really good basketball at the right time, and uh, they were a little bit of a different matchup tonight with uh, the the way that they uh that they played without their star point guard from uh the past three seasons
9: yeah they uh were a lot more set oriented they 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 ran a lot more individual half court sets at us. They still like to get out and transition and push the basketball um, but yeah i mean settled down. Uh, you know, young. Some of their younger guards made made big shots to bring them back. We when we extended the lead a little bit, and uh, you got t- again, you got to tip your cap to the job that Coach Stevens has done with them and, and and keeping them together. And they they've been playing really really well and beat a good Martinsburg team in here in the quarterfinals by 42. So uh, that's a quality ball team. And and again, they never stopped fighting. Uh, and we had to play for 32 minutes to get that win. Well, you have a quality ball club as well, obviously getting the win
1: 57-49 and uh, balanced scoring again, which doesn't seem like that's uh, much out of the norm for your ball club. Uh, Paige Poffenberger with 14, uh, Rachel Lascody with 14, Sydney Holloway with 13, and you get that type of balance, not to mention eight from Lydia Adrian. and uh, Your your ball club is tough to beat when you play that type of uh, balance game offensively with the Kind of defense you bring typically night in night out?
9: Yeah, I mean, I think everything for us starts on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, I think that's where we try to bring in, in, most of our focus and energy is is limiting teams in their possessions and, and the quality of possessions that they get, and even trying to create some of our offense from our defense. But um, offensively, our kids are very unselfish. they From night to night, they don't care who the leading score is, and they're all capable of being leading scores and um you know it doesn't always show up in the stat sheets but little things diving on the floor for loose balls and and just you know giving up their bodies to take charges and kids coming off the bench and hitting big shots uh even though they're only may- maybe contributing five or six minutes uh you know it's it was a total team effort um uh, our, our kids e- even in the run that parkersburg south made our, our kids never lost their composure they stayed together they stayed focused and and i'm really really proud of my kids
3: Coach White, James Collier here. First off, congratulations on another return trip to the state finals. Um, in the game against Parkersburg South, two numbers that really jump out, Parkersburg South with 23 points off the bench, really allowing that team to spread the wealth, if you will, using 11 different players. But you force 24 turnovers and convert that to 25 points. How big was that an instrumental of coming away with this close win?
9: It's huge. It, it, it's it's huge because both of these teams know each other so well. I mean, like you guys alluded to earlier, it's eight times in two years. Over the last four years, we've played each other 16 times. There's no secrets uh, between the two. We know each other. We know our personnel. We know what kind of sets we're going to run. Um, there's no secrets or no, nothing that's hidden from anybody. You're not pulling one over on anybody in a game like this. So, uh, Every point's important. Uh, points are really tough to come by because you are so familiar with each other. So to be able to get some turnover and then, and then get some easy points off those turnovers was was really, really crucial tonight.
3: Going back to your, your opening round game against Spring Valley, the Timberwolves really come out and deliver a big blow early. You were down at the first media timeout. It's 24-15 going into the locker room, but then you come out and hold Spring Valley to only two points. In the next eight minutes, while putting up a 19 spot, tell me about the adjustments that you had to make in the locker room, and how how much that really got this team moving.
9: Well, Spring Valley's a quality team, and, and probably, I mean, at least in my opinion, should have never been the eight seed. Uh, they they're a quality team that. You know, jumped out, and we knew they were going to pressure us. And their their press did good things for them. Uh, You know, they they played really well on the defensive end of the floor and made it really hard for us. And they they also limited our shots. We were only getting one shot opportunity. Uh, We talked to our kids at the half about you know just just riding it out. It was going to be okay. Keep shooting the ball. It wasn't like we were getting bad shots. The shots just weren't falling for us in the first half. Uh, We talked about you know we shot twenty five percent in the first half. That, you know, every game has its peaks and valleys. And it just happened to be the first half was a valley for us. And if there was going to be a peak, just keep shooting and just keep playing. Everything was going to be okay. So the adjustment was more mental than it was physical.
2: Hey coach, a uh, question for you for, about tonight's game. Uh, you guys really uh, you, you contested and challenged a lot like of three-point uh, shots. South, uh, South was 4-17 from the three-point line. Uh, you know, uh, it's got to be encouraging when you can, you know, contest those and then still take care of the paint and be there to to make things tough for them. Uh, but just the complete effort I think is impressive in a semifinal game to be able to both uh, contest perimeter shots and also take care of the inside.
9: Yeah, you know, South is a team that likes to get out and transition and run. And then when they do attack you, they want to pitch and, and shoot that three. Uh, and, and then they counter that when you when you step on the three-point line by putting a, a center in Anna Hayton that can really score the basketball in the and make you work. Um, and, and she played a heck of a ball game. We really tried to limit the amount of touches that Anna Hayton was able to get in the post. While putting a lot of pressure on their guard, so that we would run them off the three-point line, uh, they still got loose a couple of times. But I think overall our kids, you know, were pretty focused and stuck to that game plan. And and uh, you know, a, cu- a couple of those threes, you know, came off of inbound sets that uh, you know they just got loose off of screens. But you know, South does such a good job of shooting it. And if you ever play them at their place, they are deadly from that three-point line. So you have got to run them off the three if you want to have some success against them.
1: Coach, we'll let you get back to that Huntington-George-Washington game that's going on right now, and uh, we wish you the best of luck tomorrow in the Class AAA state title as the Mohegans go for three in a row.
9: Hey, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate everything.
1: All right, that's Jason White, head coach of the Morgantown Mohegans, and always uh, willing to uh, give us a few minutes of his time. We always appreciate that as well. And Morgantown going for three straight, and that's not a surprise. But I think that um, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. That's yeah, going to be a real good ball game. Whomever it, it is,
3: it is. And you know, you have to think that uh, as the way things have really played out and what we've expected all season long, we've expected a, a Huntington Morgantown matchup, and they've been one and two uh, virtually all season long. But uh, you, you have to think that right now, Morgantown has just a slight advantage because of Huntington having to play the nightcap. Huntington right now. Uh, up 16 to 10 this game just now in the second period Jordan Dawson leading the way with 10 points but she's on the bench with two personal fouls and since that point it's allowed GW to claw its way back into this ball game and and coach Marone it's one of those things when you you have a player that goes out and is really taking care of, of everything you want to do, and then they pick up that quick second personal foul early, you have to take them off the floor to protect them for the second half. How much does that disrupt the flow, of, especially when you have things going your way early on?
2: Well, it disrupts the flow, but uh, Shy Banks can disrupt flow too when uh, Dawson's not in there to to kind of contest the interior stuff. Shy Banks was a huge part last night in that big win over uh, South Charleston. But I tell you what, back to Morgantown, Uh, Here's a complete team. They're back to back state champions. They shoot under 38% from the floor tonight. Uh, They shot only 33% from the three point line. They don't take a lot of them, but their defense are rebounding. They don't hurt themselves. They limit second opportunities. When you can shoot under 38%, get a nice eight point win against a quality opponent, James, like Park South. I think it just, a lot of times it gets overlooked, but from basketball fans and people that look at the inside of the game, That's impressive to me as a coach, I can tell you, because that's about defense, that's about committing to the little things that make you a champion. Well, and and going back to the coaching side of things, when you
3: have a team that wants to get up in your face, they want to press. It's difficult to press – out of certain looks, out of a made three-pointer. It's really easy to jump at about any press you want to out of a made basket, and that's one of the things that Jason White's team does. They really attack the basket, and it puts everybody where they want to. If they want to throw a diamond, a 1-2-2, two, two, a 2-2-1, two, two, they can do pretty much anything they want to, and then out of those misses they can quickly drop back, go man two three one three one, 3 one 1-3-1, whatever they want to match up in. But it's one of those things it allows them to switch things up and you never know what's coming.
1: Right now, we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Angie Bonzini, the head coach of the Wyoming East Warriors, as they will play in the Girls' State A Championship game tomorrow. We'll also talk with Bill Nestor as we saw also the Boys' State Tournament set. That's going to be a lot to talk about there as
4: well as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees, Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Ray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily hoops roundup.
4: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 946,
1: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Girls State High School semifinal Friday night. One game in progress right now, 350 to play in the second quarter. Huntington leading George Washington 23-10. Winner gets Morgantown. Tomorrow. Also, tomorrow, the Class AA Girls State Championship game will be between Wyoming East and Fairmont Senior. Wyoming East unseats Sissonville 51 46 today in uh, just a, a fantastic girls AA semifinal game. Angie Bonzini is the head coach of the Warriors. And, coach, first off, congratulations on that win today. Thanks.
10: Thanks very much.
1: I know Sissonville was a, a thorn in your side from a year ago. That was the team that, that knocked your team out. You had a seven point lead in the final two minutes, could not finish it. What was the difference this year?
10: I think the experience of being there last year helped us out a lot, you know, against them. I think they had experience last year that we didn't have and I think, you know, we weren't as nervous in the clutch situation, you know, down the stretch.
1: Twenty points from Gabby Lapartis—that's no surprise. But Emily Saunders with eighteen rebounds for you today, and that comes off of a double double against Tulsa on Wednesday. So, um, the one number I have to say that, that that really jumped off to me: points in the paint today, outscoring Systemville twenty-two to two in the paint, and earlier uh, in the week against Tulsa forty-four to eight. So, in two games, sixty-six ten advantage in the paint for for your ball club. And that's not to say that Gabby Lepardis and uh, some of those other players can't shoot the ball, but fortunately you've been able to uh, get wins without them having to knock down a bunch of jumpers from the outside.
10: Yeah, I think that's helped us a lot this year, you know, having Emily inside to control uh, the boards on the defensive end and be able to be a threat on the offensive end as well this season.
1: Well, Coach, Sissonville had a, a shot to tie I actually had a shot to take the lead in the in the final uh, thirty seconds of that ball game. uh, A miss uh, from Madison Jones. And what what were your thoughts when you saw her take that shot? Because quite frankly, the last two three years in that uh, gymnasium, even though they haven't played all that well offensively, she's made a lot of big shots for them over the years. Absolutely, you
10: know, it was kind of reminiscent of what you know the last second shot that we kind of took last year. So I was thinking. you know, uh, hopefully that it that
3: it wouldn't go in, and we were fortunate enough that it didn't. Coach, you, you shoot uh, 20% from long range, but you pull off 48 rebounds in this basketball game. Do you take the good with the bad when you have numbers that offset like that and just continue to grind out and see what comes out at the end?
10: I think so. We, you know, we kind of made the adjustment. We weren't shooting well outside today, so, you know, Kara played it a great third quarter for us by penetrating her shot was a little off on the outside range but she did a great job of taking it inside for us as well
3: you hold you hold citizenville to only two points in the paint how big is that in a ball game to where you limit any made shot to where it's going to be a minimum of six feet to 15 feet outside the paint of forcing those long range jump shots and not giving those easy looks at the rim
10: you know, I think that, that was a huge advantage to us this year. Uh, last year, you know, we didn't have the height of Emily, and they were able to get those little floaters in the lane. and They weren't as, you know, it didn't come as easily to them this year to get those floaters, so it was a little bit more difficult for them.
2: Coach, again, congratulations. Coach Marone here. Uh, I think uh, Saunders, uh, the rebounds are impressed. She got seven offensive boards. A couple of those were late in the game that really enabled you to seal the win. And then you mentioned Kara Sandy. I thought she really came in and gave you a huge lift. I know it's been a long road back for her. I know she had uh, an injury earlier in the year and uh, was able to come back late in the season. But it uh, had to make you feel really good to see her uh, be right in there in the hunt of in the mix of things as you guys were able to pull ahead and put that game away.
10: It was. You know, she's not only a great uh, athlete, she's a great kid as well. And she fought hard as well, you know, Gabby, to get back to us this year. And it was wonderful to see. And I think, you know, her legs where she hasn't played as many games was a little spark because I think she was able to get out on transition and Gabby hit her and kind of turn the momentum back our way the third quarter.
1: Coach, now you turn your attention to Fairmont Senior and the girls' AA State Championship game tomorrow. What have you seen from the Polar Bears?
10: You know, they're big, they're aggressive, they like to go after you and press. So, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup for us. I think overall they're a little bit bigger than us. But, you know, our kids always out there and play hard, and we'll just uh, do the best we can tomorrow.
3: Coach, do you go out and try to put them on the free throw line and see if they can uh, match what they had to do today?
10: <laughs> I did hear uh, that there was a lot. We, I think we started an hour late today. <laughs> You know that might be in a situation where our depth might come in handy, but I know they're deep as well. But uh, it might be the bench on bench as far as fouling and whatnot.
3: Yeah, they had 11 players score uh, at least uh, a point today in the uh, in the win. So uh, yeah, you you have to keep that in the back of your head.
11: (laughs) Uh,
10: You know, we're just we're just so thankful and blessed, you know, to be playing on a Saturday in March.
1: A championship Saturday, high noon. Wyoming East and Fairmont Senior in the girls' class AA state title. Coach Angie Bonzini of Wyoming East. Thanks for joining us, and uh, get a good night's sleep. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow.
10: Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me on.
1: All right. Now, before we go to Bill Nestor, who is the voice of Robert C. Byrd, WPDX, before we go to him, we want to to set the boys' state tournament out for you. Um, That's coming up next week in Charleston lay out the schedule for you. Uh I'll just uh I'll get the the triple A and James I'll get, I'll let you do the, the double A and single A because there are a lot of games here and nobody wants to hear me talk for that much uh for that long. But uh the Boys State tournament kicks off Wednesday and we'll just go with triple A first. We won't do this by session. But triple A number one seed is undefeated Morgantown who will play the eight seed Hurricane at seven fifteen. Also on Wednesday, the number two seed Huntington will face seven seed Musselman at eleven fifteen uh, Wednesday morning, and then Thursday it will be number four Woodrow Wilson against number five Martinsburg at eleven fifteen, and then Thursday evening at seven fifteen it will be number three Capital and number six Parkersburg South, and what should be uh, actually quite frankly it should be three great matchups on paper. Because I think Musselman uh, sticking around with Morgan, with, uh, with uh, Martinsburg, as it has, will prove formidable to Huntington. Hurricanes, the clear underdog with a losing record, going up against an undefeated Morgantown team. But something I've always learned: never count out those crazy Canes in Charleston.
3: Yeah, and the three six matchup, Capitol Park South, will be a great basketball game as well. But uh, going over to Double A, you'll have uh, all of these games will be on Wednesday. I mean, March sixteenth. Number one Polka against number eight Chapmanville. You'll have number four, Wyoming East, number five, Robert C. Byrd, and then in the bottom half of the bracket, number three, Fairmont Senior, number six, Bluefield, number two, Bridgeport, number seven, Ravenswood. Um, And again, there's a lot of games in that that session there that on paper this is this could be one of the most entertaining opening rounds of Double-A that we've seen in, in quite some time.
1: Clarksburg and New Richmond are not very close to each other, and this will be the third time that Robert Seabird has taken on uh, Wyoming East, and RCB hammered Wyoming East. By the way, all three games will have been on neutral sites, too. Um, the first time, RCB hammered uh, Wyoming East in Fairmont. The second time, Wyoming East beat RCB in overtime in Beckley. So now the the rubber match will be for a semifinal in Charleston, burst. in Charleston, somewhere in between. Clearly, yeah, as it should be.
3: All right. In single A, these games will play on Thursday. We'll have number one Magnolia, number eight Fayetteville, number three Notre Dame, and or check it, number four Notre Dame, number five Saint Joe. Then in the bottom half of the bracket, number three Tug Valley, number six Tucker County, and number two Willing Central number seven park catholic again all of the single a games will play on thursday
1: so a lot to discuss about the seating there. not necessarily in bad or critical but just something did catch a lot of people's eye in that seating we'll talk about that a little bit later on but rcb in wyoming east will play at nine o'clock the nightcap wednesday night bill nester is with us now voice of the rcb flying eagles and uh Bill, RCV back into Charleston, and, I, and and just looking at it, I was surprised they got the five seed. I thought that they would have been the four, but when you think about it, that just means a difference in a jersey color. That's about it.
12: And that's all it comes down to, fellas. You know, this past week, I'm like a kid in Christmas. Had a chance to call the Notre Dame-Pocahontas <laughs> game on Wednesday, and then uh, a chance to make a little trip to Kaiser to see the uh, – RCB Golden Tornado game, so a couple big games this week, and uh, pretty excited about the opportunity for Robert Seaburn, a lot of the players, and the, the coaching staff looking forward to the rubber match with the Warriors uh, coming up here on Wednesday.
1: I mean, of all teams, you would get a team you've played twice who, again, the distance between Clarksburg and New Richmond, I'll get you an exact number in a moment, but not not even close.
12: No, definitely not. You're, for, you're exactly right. And, you know, uh, hey, fellas, it, it's, been a, it's been a great opportunity for this team, and uh, they've spent a lot of time on the road this year. You know, uh, Robert Seabird has been, uh, been all over the place. A couple trips to Be- Beckley, as we talked about there a few minutes ago, and uh, uh, to Charleston, now a chance to get back to Charleston. So, yeah, definitely a road warrior, so to speak, here with the Flangio team this season.
1: Yeah, it's two hours 55 minutes by the way from uh, Robert Seabird High School to Wyoming East High School uh, I just wanted to look that up and again 170 miles yeah so the third time you will be playing clearly uh, a, a rivalry um, but nonetheless uh, uh, Robert Seabird getting that win at Kaiser and, and Bill being able to put that loss to Bridgeport behind them to go pick up a 21 point win on the road um, I don't think they needed to prove their medal, but it was just a more proof of their metal. Uh, this ball club is uh, playing real good basketball coming down the stretch.
12: You know, guys, a, t- a tough loss to Bridgeport last Friday. We talked talked after that contest. And, you know, uh, losing on the buzzer beater, the deep three-pointer, uh, right before time expired was a tough one to take. And, and uh, you know, to be able to bounce back and then to get back on the road and travel the Panhandle and, and uh, play a very game Physical, aggressive Kaiser team, and uh, come away without win despite the foul issues and and some of the concerns. Really showed the showed, did show the medal and showed the uh, intestinal fortitude this team does possess. And uh, pulling out that big win, of course, you, you got you've got an opportunity now to get back to play Wyoming East. You talked about it, and the, it's funny because uh, you talk about that distance between the two teams earlier, and uh, it just seems like they're they're cross ten rivals after the two. Uh, hard-fought games that they do have this year. So, yeah, Robert Seabird has shown a lot this year uh, coming from where nobody expects him to be to where they are now and uh, to be able to have an opportunity to get back into Charleston. So, yeah, definitely uh, pretty excited about the opportunity and looking forward to the challenge.
1: RCB beat Wyoming East by 14 the first time. That was, again, at the Fairmont Armory, the second time in the Raleigh County Armory. Uh, Wyoming East won. Was that one or two overtimes?
12: That was a two overtime game in that contest. And you know the big difference between those two games, fellas. Bottom line was officiating. And uh, the first game, the officials called it, uh, you know, pretty close to the vest. Uh, Calling any kind of contact uh, was a foul. Bottom line, and in the game uh, in Beckley, uh, no blood, no foul. And that's pretty much the way it went early on. And uh, RCB had to play the first half without. One of their best post players, he was taking the ACT. Uh, had, had to fly in there, uh, put on a jersey. Uh, didn't have his own jersey, as a matter of fact. Had to borrow one and, uh, and get an action in the second half. And then RCB played uh, the entire first overtime and second overtime without their All-State point guard, Luke Dyer, who had fouled out uh, deep in the fourth quarter. And so uh, yeah, so uh, it was kind of a different scenario, kind of an eerie situation, afternoon contest there. And uh, and uh, I'll tell you what the difference was. I thought Wyoming East played much more aggressive in that second game. They played like they wanted a little revenge. And uh, it was impressive to see uh, the way they came out, and Coach Chapman had them ready to play. No doubt about it, they were focused and tense. And, and that was a difference in the two games. The way it was officiated and the attitude that they had coming out they were coming after that win, no doubt about it. And uh, what a game to go in double overtime. Of course, uh, that was the only game that RCB played all season uh, with an extra session, let alone two extra sessions. So those two teams locked it up in what was a fantastic game in that second one, too. So, you yeah, know, these guys uh, know each other very well after playing two games. And as you mentioned before, this will be the third one on neutral site. So uh, no home court advantage here for either team. And it will be interesting to see how how things shake down.
1: Should be a fantastic ball game. Four or five matchups should be. This one should be as well. And, uh, Bill, always a pleasure. It's been fun talking with you this year. and We hope to get to talk with you next week regardless.
12: I hope so as well, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well.
1: All right. Always a pleasure. Bill Nessler, WPDX in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. burr Flying Eagles. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll get you a scoreboard update, and we'll have the head coach of the St. Joe's, Fighting Irish. Girls team, Shannon Lewis, they go for eight in a row. Tomorrow in the Class A state title game, we'll talk with him when Basketball Friday
4: Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations, including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, LP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, L P Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com.
4: This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network.
0: This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores, all the time, at BasketballNight.com. Or on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Second hour of Basketball Friday
1: Night in West Virginia underway. Here, Ryan Epling, along with James Collier and Rick Marone as we go through semifinal Friday the Girls State High School basketball tournament. We'll get you a full scoreboard update in just a moment. We'll also talk with... The head coach of the St. Joe Fighting Irish girls team, Shannon Lewis, they will go for eight straight tomorrow. But before we do that, we also want to tease ahead that uh, in our next segment, we will um, introduce you to our student or standout. I always call them a student. It's a standout. They are a student. <laughs> and they are a student, yes. Standout Athlete of the Week. So we'll have that as well. But first... We want to get you caught up on the uh, situation going on in Charleston, the Girl State Tournament. It's time for a scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. They usually say it's nice to have a plan before you start this in terms of who's going to do what. We probably should have done that before now. But, James, I'll take triple-A, I'll give you double-A, and we'll give Coach Marone single-A. How yeah, that, that works. sound? All right. So, girls' class triple-A right now at the half. It is Huntington, the number two seed, leading number six, George Washington, 23-16 at halftime of that one. in Charleston Winner will take on Morgantown. The Mohegans picked up a win earlier this evening by beating Parkersburg South 57-49. Double A.
3: Wyoming East with a 51 46 win over Sissonville in a barn burner that puts Wyoming East back in the state title game. Their opponent tomorrow, high noon shootout against the Polar Bears, a Fairmont senior. After having a nice free throw battle with the Grafton <laughs> Bearcats, they get vast with a 76 58 win, setting up a matchup between the Wyoming East Warriors and the Fairmont Senior Bearcat, or Polar Bears.
2: And Class A today in the semifinals of the Girls' State Tournament. Gilmore County, the Lady Titans, making an appearance 15 years in the making after a 2001 appearance. Gilmore County, 47, Notre Dame, 44, in the other semifinal, Huntington-St. Joe's, 47, St. Mary's, 43. That game targeted 230 for a tip-off tomorrow for the Class A championship update.
1: Thank you very much, Coach Marone, and we expect that to be a good game. Shannon Lewis is the head coach of the Irish. He joins us now. And, Coach, it's over the course of your seven-year reign as Class A state champions. Very rarely have you been behind in the fourth quarter. You were tonight. Your girls <laughs> came through and got a win, though.
13: Yeah, in the semifinal games, we've been uh, fortunate not to have many close games. But credit St. To Mary's tonight; they played, they played their tails off. Fox and Hall were terrific, and uh, we just uh, we didn't have a lot of energy at times, and we, could, we couldn't buy baskets. So, you're going to have a nice, like, dad, you got young kids out there, and they're a little scared. And, uh, you know, credit St. Mary's for making a run at us and, and making a, game, a great game of it. Well, on a night
1: where you shoot 16 of 60 from the field, 27%, you get out rebounded 44 39. They make more free throws than you do as you shoot just fifty three percent from the foul line, coach, how'd you win?
13: Well, we got a lead uh we did we did make some shots early uh I think we ran the lead up to seventeen early in the third, and then it just the wheels came off for quite a while um you know the game the game got really tight and and we leaned on the uh, Taisha Taylor down the stretch that she was huge uh you know she she had played five bad quarter starting. Uh, going back to yesterday in the first quarter of the day. And I, and I really got on her a little bit. I, she, she's been maybe our, our best player, most consistent player all year. And uh, I told
14: her, you know, it's time for her to be the best player out there. And, and luckily, late in the game, she was.
3: Coach, you don't see too many games that you get out-rebounded and have more offensive rebounds than you have defensive. You have 20 offensive boards tonight. How big was that to uh, to get past this uh, this very tough St. Mary's team?
13: Well, that is huge because we, we usually don't – we usually spread out quite a bit and we don't get many offensive rebounds. But, uh, you know, we did we did attack – I guess we were missing so many shots that people decided they needed to go in there and start <laughs> rebounding. But, but some of the big ones were down the, – the missed free throws down the stretch too. Uh, we were missing those and, and we got a couple of crucial rebounds there late. So, uh, you know, anytime you get an offensive rebound, it's huge.
3: You hold St. Mary's without a field goal for the last three nineteen of the ball game. How big was that for your team to step up? As you said, trailing going into the fourth quarter and find one of your best defensive outings of the entire event.
13: Well, uh, well, obviously, that won the game for us. They took the lead there, forty three, forty two, and um, you know, and had the ball, and, and then we were able to get a stop and uh, come down and actually get get the lead back and. And then we continued to make stops. So, you know, they had a chance to tie it there with a three late, with possession. We were able to, you know, get a stop or a turnover. And uh, um, you know, like I said, uh, we didn't play the best defensive times. I felt you know we fouled a lot, uh, got got them to the line quite a bit, and silly fouls. But uh, you know, in the end, we did make some good stops.
1: Well, coach, we know that that was a tough one. We know another one, a tough one tomorrow, and a different type of. Uh, Ball club with the Gilmer County team that um, clearly we we talked about it throughout the course of uh, of this evening's show as well with a with a very good post presence in Riley Fitzwater.
13: Oh, she <laughs> she's really good. We uh, they came down and played us really tough in the regional finals last year. They were leading you know late third quarter on us last year, so so we know how good they are. Uh, you know we got a bunch of young kids that that, that need to step up tomorrow and. Uh, you know, we, we, we need to make some shots. We need to play with more energy. Uh, she, Riley's going to get her. Flowers going to get her points. She's going to be hard to guard. But yeah, you know, we're going to have to neutralize the other players and uh, you know push the tempo some and and make it tough. Uh, you know, not give her clean cl- clean passes to her from the guards. And um, and like I said, you know, we're going to score some points tomorrow. So so it ought to be an interesting game.
1: Coach, going for your eighth straight. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Thank you. All right, that's Shannon Lewis, head coach of Huntington St. Joe, sticking with St. Joe. A name that he didn't really mention much of there, but this is a player who is a Division I signee to Middle Tennessee State who will play in the Conference USA Championship tomorrow. Um, Michelle Johnson joins us now. Michelle, not a big game scoring-wise for you tonight. Uh, Just uh, four points, but still six assists and only one turnover, clearly your floor game's still very solid on a night where it needed to be.
15: Um. Yeah, I, I don't ever try to worry about my points. Cause it's, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not like it's not my job, but it's my job to lead the team to win. So whatever I have to do to make the team win, if someone's making shots, I'll do it to them. If they're attacking the basket, I'll tell them to attack, attack the basket. My job is to just like control the floor and make sure that we win, and I thought I did an okay job with that tonight.
1: Well, over the course of this run, I mean, you have won a state title every year, and very rarely have you been in situations where you were behind in the fourth quarter of ball games you were tonight um Did the experience of being in Charleston a lot help because quite frankly again, that's not a normal territory for where this program's been over the past seven years um yeah,
15: I mean, I knew I could tell because we rely on the um, newer kids that we just got with our freshmen to, like, make baskets and to, like, make bigger plays. But I knew to come into the state tournament because they kept saying they were scared. That at one point in time, they were going to get down, and, and I had to, like, pick them up. And I was trying to get energy because no one had energy, no matter what. I was trying to get some of them some of my energy. I just couldn't get it. But I was just telling them, like, cuddle them up. Like, we deserve it. We deserve one more chance. And I'm a teacher, and I want it. So we're just going to have to get it. I was like, we're just going to have to get it and go.
1: Gilmer County. I know you're familiar with because you played last year, but uh, I'm getting to see them this year in Charleston and in games and other than your own, obviously. But uh, what were uh, what what were your impressions of uh, the Gilmer County Ball Club you take on tomorrow in the title game?
15: Um, last time we played them, it was like it was a really wild game. I and mean, it was like fighting after the game and everything. And their fans kept saying my name. So, that always, like, and when people are against me, just like people are at the state tournament, it motivates me more to go after something they want because I know I'll go after it much harder. So, I mean, I expect it to be a close game, so I'm going to play aggressive and play hard the whole time. I have to explain that to my team, and I think it was good that tonight it was a close game and that we actually came out and won so that tomorrow they know that it's not like these teams, like, they're coming to play. Everyone wants to beat us, and no matter what, like, no matter how many they've they've lost, anything can happen and any team could win. So I think tonight was good for
1: us, and tomorrow will be good, and I'm ready for it. 47-43, the win tonight for St. Joe over St. Mary's in a game with Gilmer County in the Class A state title game tomorrow afternoon. Michelle Johnson, Huntington St. Joe Sr., trying to make it 4 for 4 for her and 8 in a row for her program. Michelle, congratulations on the win tonight. Best of luck tomorrow. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about one of the more interesting boys' regional games that uh, I, I that got just, a lot of attention. It,
3: you just love it. you say it interesting, and it it was. It
1: was very interesting.
3: The scoreboard says differently, but trust me, there was a story to write at the end of this one.
1: Absolutely, we'll talk much more about that, and we'll continue with our scoreboard updates. As again, Huntington and George Washington playing in the girls AAA state semifinals. We'll have that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
4: continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Farley, Monroe Moeller, Eleanor Pierce, Kylie Ellis, Neil Rasnick, Shayla Henderer, Matt Hensley, Kelsey Miller, Colton Fix, Mackenzie Friend, MHS Girls Basketball, and Ben Halterman, Dustin Tilly, Isabella. Taylor Newcomb, Joshua Yan, Stratton Mandola, Rich Clark, Heather, Mike Baldy, Mike Goldwyn, Christopher Derrico, Brandi Haney, Coach Ron Terry, Sydney, Hoop Dog, Anita E., and Easton Davis. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. A big thank you to all of our Twitter followers, giving us schedule updates, scores, and updates on their teams. Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. Up. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family.
4: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com now. Back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling.
1: Ten seventeen on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Say hello to all of you who are watching on BasketballNight.com, be you at home, or on Press Row in Charleston tonight. Also, if you're listening on great radio stations across the state of West Virginia, and if if you're listening at home online and you want to get us onto uh, a station in your area, by all means, by all means, call them, tell them you want Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia live, 9 to midnight on the Fast Break Sports Network and we'll uh we'll get them uh we'll try to we'll try to make that work. That actually that's exactly how we got into Fairmont this year with uh, coach Tim Beckman of East Fairmont. So uh he he went to bat for us and uh, next thing we knew we were on in Fairmont. James Beckman <laughs> I should say. See who's Tim Beckman? James Beckman. <laughs> Sorry coach. I apologize but thank you so much for that. Andrew Harrison's here, uh, our standout athlete of the week uh this week from uh, Bridgeport, Nick Greeley, and uh, he's a he's a guy who um, taking the Indians to the state tournament next week, and uh, someone who's drawing some attention
16: late in the recruiting process. Yeah, Nick really has three offers at the Division One level. It's VMI. He also has uh, Air Force and Maine uh, as his basically his three Division One offers. And Coach Roby was telling me uh, when I was talking to him that his decision is going to kind of a little bit be based on how far his parents, <laughs> the distance-wise, how they can make it to his games. He wants to make sure that he can at least get them to as many games without having them fly or <laughs> take a long, uh, long trip. Well,
1: if he goes to Air Force and becomes a pilot, he could probably help out a little help bit. Help right? right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, Nick, 6'6 six, six forward and uh, member of the DECA club.
16: And uh, tell me a little bit about um, what you learned with that. Well, it's a 70 year program. And what it is, is it's basically, it, it, its emphasis is trying to build entrepreneurs and, and basically uh, students for a field in career in marketing and finance and as well as hospitality and it's something that you know it's now called they they kind of you know even though the acronym is DECA but uh, they call themselves the Association for Marketing Students now so they changed that uh, basically over a decade ago so trying to trying to make sure that they uh, at least make it a little bit easier for uh, people to uh, break down the acronym well Andrew has a little bit more now on
1: our standout athlete of the week Nick Greeley
16: Nicholas Greeley is a versatile senior player for the Bridgeport Indians, and he is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. He stands at 6'6 and plays forward for the Indians. Bridgeport High School boys basketball coach Mike Roby says Greeley is a player that has continued to work on his game since he first stepped on the Indians court.
13: What he's improved the most is when he first came here he was a perimeter player only. He had never played with his back to the basket ever and he's become a, a much more complete player in the past couple of seasons uh, because we've put in a lot of work developing post moves and developing face up.
16: Greeley has been playing aau basketball since fifth grade his junior year he played with the ohio elites before that with the toughs a laid-back player with a killer shot from three coach robey says greeley can cause havoc because he creates mismatches for opposing teams
13: nick's a good offensive player uh what makes him a tough matchup for other teams is he's a, a six six kid That's capable of playing with his back to the basket down inside, but he's also capable of stepping out 20 feet and uh, playing from the perimeter. He shoots the ball well from the three also.
16: Nicholas Greeley plays basketball as a yearly sport and has done so since his freshman year of high school. Greeley hits nothing but net in the classroom by having a 3.4 GPA. He holds three offers from Division I schools and has helped his team in the playoffs this season. It is not a surprise that he is an honor roll student and an overall good young man. Greeley has prepared himself for the next chapter of his life. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison.
1: Great job. Thank you as always, Andrew. And Ryan Epling, James Collier, and Rick Marone back with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll get back to the phone lines in a moment. We want to do, uh, We do want to update you. They're nearing the end of the third quarter at the Charleston Civic Center. Huntington just getting a bucket to extend its lead, 38-22 over George Washington. Again, a big thanks to uh, RSM for uh, hooking us up with the uh, video feed that we can watch during the game to be able to give you the latest update.
3: Huntington goes on a 7-0 run over the last 42 seconds of the third GW on a two-forty scoring drought. And uh, it was it was 25-20 coming out at, right after the locker room. GW had pulled back in, but then several runs here in the third quarter as Huntington has really extended its lead. Uh, Jordan Dawson, 14 points, 7 of 5, or 7 of 11, excuse me, from the field. Dejon Congleton has 9 points. Erica Budd with 6 points and 4 rebounds. That leads the way. Shai Banks has 12 points, 10 rebounds uh, at the end of the third quarter for the Patriots.
1: So Huntington with the lead in that ball game. And uh, we'll go back to the phone lines and again in just a moment before we do that. One score really stood out in the AA Boys Regional Games last night. Polka defeating Scott by a final score of 20-10. to 10. The Dots going back to the state tournament. That game was 10-3 to 3 at halftime. Um, Scott held the ball the entire second quarter and attempted just one shot. Polka, with its defensive philosophy, is is borderlines the pack line defense that is made popular by the University of Virginia, Washington State, the Bennets, um, and and Wisconsin as well, uh, where they don't necessarily guard the ball tight out beyond the three-point line. Scott just stood there and held it. And I'll start with Coach Marone here because I know James has a story. We'll we'll let James tell that story in a moment. But, uh, Coach, we saw some uh, displeasure from people who went to the game to watch the game. But to me, Nick Cabell put his team in the best position it had to try to win the game. Your thoughts as a coach – If you were in that situation, would you do something similar?
2: I agree with you. I think uh, as a coach, you try and put your team in a position to win. They had played twice during the regular season or in the Cardinal Conference together. Very lopsided wins for polka. You don't want to run with polka. You're not going to play a tempo game and beat polka. So – My hat's off to him. Now, if I paid eight bucks and got into the game and wanted to see Frampton and uh, Cuffy and those guys, I'd better be making popcorn flying around. Uh, (laughs) I get it from a fan's perspective, but uh, from the purest of the basketball, there is no shot clock. We had a little talk about this during the last break. Think Hoosiers. <laughs> in Hoosiers, uh, that was the, uh, the approach there from Milan High School. Uh, they spread the floor out in the four corners. They controlled the tempo. They hit the shot when they needed to. I take my hats off to them. As a coach, it takes a lot of guts to, to pull it off. You hear a lot of people talking about, well, we might just hold the ball. You don't do it unless you work on it, and you don't work on it unless you're committed to it. So hats off to Coach Cabell. They came up short, but he did give his, chance, his team a chance to win.
1: That game was 14-10 in the fourth quarter. You're within four – I don't care how you got there. You're within four points in the fourth quarter. I don't think that's a bad thing. Of a team that hasn't
2: lost in West Virginia in two years.
1: Right. And Polka, what did Polka do? They held the ball. Well, <laughs> and,
2: and, and, and Ryan, I think the thing that, that is impressive about it is not just that it's a strategy and it's approach, it's getting your kids to buy into it. All the kids think they can run. They think they can play. You know, that's the mentality of basketball today is faster's better. I want to get one down and fire it up. I don't think a shot clock in 95% of the games, if you charted the time of possession in high school basketball in West Virginia, those that are chirping for a shot clock, it would never come into play, ever. A game like this happens and everybody's beckoning for a shot clock. There's no need for it. It's not going to be something that's going to make an impact. But in this game, getting the kids to hold up when they think they can run James, I think it's the psychological thing. Those kids bought into it, and they executed the game plan.
3: Well, you you bring up a very valid point. I actually had an opportunity to be a part of a game much like this. It was my senior year of high school. Uh, the district championship game to be to be all of it. Um, it in Kentucky. In that's Kentucky, for, yes. It yes. was in Kentucky. I played with East Carter. Uh, we were playing West Carter, which was our county rivals. And that season, I believe West, they were averaging well over 80 a game. I mean, they had five guys on the floor that were as good as anybody in the 16th region. And 16th region basketball in the state of Kentucky, they're known for their basketball. Going into the basketball game – we knew the only chance that we had to win that basketball game, we had to control the tempo. And we started preparing the four corners offense the week coming into the district championship. Uh, we didn't overlook our opponent. We, we felt like we had a favorable matchup in the opening round, but we had to start preparing because, like you said, you have to buy into this. Um, for one half of basketball, we bought in. We went to the locker room. We were leading eight to six. Um, we held the basketball. We were only allowed to shoot layups. Uh, that was the philosophy. You, you Basically, you, you had your point guard. We had a great point guard. He was very knowledgeable of the game. He distributed the basketball very well. And it was all up to that guy that was cutting. When you made that slash cut toward the basket, if you got the right pick, the guy slashing off the backside of that pick was going to be wide open, and he could facilitate the pass. And if it wasn't there, he would just back it out. And we had Wes Carter in a philosophy, like you said, they got the basketball. They had to go shoot. So it was a quick run down, shoot. They never got numbers back. We consistently were outnumbering them because we dropped back so quick on defense. We go to the locker room and in that whole mentality thing. Well, I've only scored two points tonight. This is a district championship game. I might miss the district title game team. I, I need to be a part of this. So a couple of players on our team they come out we try to start matching shot for shot and an 8-6 lead evaporates into a 20 to 12 deficit and then at that point you're down eight and like you said just like what coach coach Osborne did at that point Wes Carter could have stuck it in the pocket and said okay we'll play your game now either you have the lead um instead you know they went ahead and played basketball we had to come out of the four corners and play ended up falling short in the game we lost by eight but uh I'm like you, it's 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 a part of the game. And uh until there is a shot clock introduced into the basketball game and high school level, it it's a it's a tool that you have in the toolbox. It's not one that you're going to pull out and when you do it, you're gonna have a lot of rust on it, but it does still work whenever you need it.
1: And you we'll talk much more about this throughout the night. We've got to have a side and take a break. Uh we'll have Ed May, the coach of the Tug Valley boys team. They're going to the state tournament in class A. He's in his first season. He's had a team that where he hasn't had – he's never been in this situation where he's had to hold the basketball against somebody who's just far and away better than they are statistically because Tug is really good. He, he's had, yeah, they, he, they've he's played, been on the opposite side. They've been probably. up and
3: down every classification in the state. They're And good. been successful. Yes. yes.
1: And uh, they, they've scored 90 in a, in a game in the postseason. I'll ask him. I'll give him time to think about it right now while he's on hold, if he would hold the ball if he were in such a situation. But we'll do that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast
4: breaks. Break that work? Basketball Friday Night. Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network
5: high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. And thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules. You can send your game reschedules by text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the Mountain State. Send your rescheduled games via Twitter. Send it to at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website and check it out. Find out how you can connect with the show. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Rich Clark, Heather, Mike Baldy, Mike Goldman, Christopher Derrico, Brandy Haney, Coach Ron Terry, Sydney, Hoop Dog, Anita E. and Easton Davis. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia.
4: This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to basketball night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 1031 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll talk with Ed May, head coach of the Tuck Valley Boys, in just a moment. But first, let's get another scoreboard update. Tried to get them and they were on the ball that time uh, not cool. gonna happen that <laughs> not time. tonight not tonight versus scores look no more visit basketballnight.com. they're cursing me in the background right now by the way but nonetheless anyway uh, girls score going on right now 422 to play in the ball game it's Huntington 48 George Washington 22 the winner will take on Morgantown the Mohegans beating Parkersburg south tonight 57 49 to go to the AAA state title game they'll play tomorrow night at 7:15. James with the double A
3: with the double A we have Wyoming East knocking off Sissonville 51-46 they will match up with the Fairmont senior polar bears the polar bears in a free throw shooting contest today with the Grafton Bearcats 76-58, your final to set up your double-A Girls State Championship tomorrow afternoon. High noon at the Charleston Civic Center.
1: 96 free throws in that ball game.
3: Can you count that high? No.
2: <laughs> Class A matchup uh, set up today from semifinals between Gilmer County and Notre Dame. Gilmore County, the Lady Titans 47, Notre Dame 44. Riley Fitzwater, another big game for the Lady Titans, leads him into a championship matchup with the seven-time defending champion St. Joseph Central Lady Irish. They defeat St. Mary's 47-43. They finish on a 5-0 run. Ryan, they were down 43-42 and finished in a flurry to get the big win today.
1: That is your check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Again, you can go to basketballnight.com, get all the information of the uh, girls' state tournament and also the upcoming boys' state tournament. That gets underway Wednesday at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum with the Double A games and a pair of Single A ma- or Triple A matchups. Excuse me, on Wednesday and then on Thursday, all four Single A semifinals, including Tug Valley, in the bright and early game at 9:30 a.m. Thursday morning against Tucker County. Head coach of the Panthers is Ed May. He joins us now. And Coach May, before we get into talking about your ball club, before the break, we were talking about the um the polka scott game how scott held the ball um 20 to 10 ended up being the final in that region four co-championship game would you if you were in a situation such as what scott was in where they'd been beaten badly twice in the regular season would you have employed similar tactics
17: If I thought it would help me win, I would. You know, as a goji, you do whatever
1: you think can help you win. Uh, See, easy question. I don't understand why people think this is so hard. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Coach, your ball club uh, getting the win over Midland Trail to set up uh, an opportunity to go back to Charleston. You get the win 77-54 in that ball game. and I know playing in Naugatuck has been very friendly. I don't think the Panthers have lost a postseason game in Naugatuck in about twenty-three years, if I saw that correctly, and um, obviously going back to the state tournament is uh, not just a, a, an aspiration for that program, but it has become almost an expectation.
17: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean it's expected around here. you we... <laughs> But We won the game against Men of the Trail the other night, and, I mean, there there wasn't, like, this big celebration or anything like that. It was like, okay, now we're ready to play ball. It's, we're <laughs> back to Charleston. So, you know, it's kind of that attitude, which is good and bad because sometimes I don't think the kids realize that there's a lot of people that go through life don't even win a sectional, don't even win a regional, but they just think it's normal to them.
1: Coming from a, uh, someone who graduated from a school not far from yours who uh, has never been to a boys or girls state basketball tournament, yeah, don't, don't take those for granted, anyone. But Tug Valley 19-3 and 3, now on the season, and back to Charleston, you take on Tucker County bright and early Thursday morning. How do you turn your practice schedule into being prepared to play the biggest game of your season at 9.30 in the morning?
17: Well, we start at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. They have to be at the gym at 8.45. We're going to hit the locker room at uh, 8.45. We're going to hit the floor at 9.05, just like you would at the Civic Center. We're going to do a uh, have some shooting drills going on for the first 20 minutes. And then we'll stop and take that five-minute break where they introduce the players, do the national anthem, all that stuff. Then we'll start back at 9.30 and practice about an hour and a half. About an hour, that's about how long it takes to play a game. And we'll do that tomorrow. We'll do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before we come up there. And hopefully that'll acclimate them a little bit.
1: And Coach, uh, your team's been a um, one that's hit the road a few times. Obviously within the uh, region, it's kind of widespread. But uh, also, you, you made a trip to Huntington to, to play St. Joe. You've been to... Uh, Beckley and played Greater Beckley Christian but you also made the trip up to Clarksburg and you beat Notre Dame 58-55 and I know a lot of people talk about the Region 1 teams and rightfully so Magnolia and Wheeling Central are very good but you're the three seed right in behind those two schools and um, I don't think that uh, when you get to the state tournament you're going to necessarily see anything you have not seen at some point throughout the course of the season
17: No, we played a really tough schedule, and that's what we try to do. I mean, I would rather play a tough schedule and lose a few games, you know, throughout the regular season than to play a bunch of easy games and just get a good record. Um, Single A is tough. There are several schools out there. I think we have probably any of the eight schools. I know of six of the schools that could go and win the state tournament, so it's going to be a tough deal. But, yeah, I think I've put our kids – in situations where I don't think they'll be surprised by anything that goes on.
3: Coach, you talk about playing a really tough schedule. How much do you credit your success this year in stepping outside of class single A and going into double A AA and triple A and playing some of the top teams in those, region or those districts and bringing that experience back to what you have to face whenever you go into sectional play in class single A?
17: Well, you you can't – I mean, when you go uh, to Hurricane and you play, you play George Washington up to Fieldhouse at Williamson. You go to Logan. You play Ravenswood. I mean, not many single A teams get to experience that. I mean, there's a few that do. But when you play that type of competition night in and night out, it just prepares you for anything. And if anything, it, it just makes your expectations a lot higher when you can go compete with those guys.
1: Ed May, your Tug Valley Ball Club will be one of the favorites uh, next week. I know uh, it be, again, early start uh, Thursday morning against Tucker County. Congratulations on getting back to Charleston. We wish you the best of luck.
17: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Always appreciate uh, it. Th- that's the first time we've had Ed May. He's the first-year head coach. That's a tough situation, too, to walk into when you think about it, guys. Uh, and Coach Marone, I know that – You're talking about walking into a program that expects to win and has a pretty good ball club coming back from a year ago, and you're not talking about building a program, which sometimes can seem frustrating but gives you some breathing room. There's no breathing room in Naugatuck.
2: No, and uh, Ed's the perfect guy for the job. I've known Ed a long time. He coached at Tulsa at one time, did an outstanding job there. Uh, his uh, brother Mike, still our head coach. And uh, tell you what, uh, Ed uh, has a son on that team, Tyler May, that's an awesome player as well. But, you know, this uh, Tuck Valley team was in the state tournament last year, uh, got upset up there, and uh, a lot of uh, pressure, like you said, not just to get back. But to make some noise, and I think uh, the fact that he's played such a schedule to prepare this ball club, I think they're battle-tested and they're going to go in there and uh, I think make a a nice run. uh, in Charleston and uh, again he's not coming into a situation where he has any, uh, any time or leeway they want to win and I tell you what you would know more than me you know a lot more of the history but a team that won a single A and double A actually in reverse order back to back Mikey Newsome and the guys they won the double A title they turn around the next year and the public school uh, wins the single a. a Tuck Valley proud tradition there in basketball
1: yeah that's uh, they've been the one, the one public school to win a single A in uh, let's just say a long time you want to talk about history, though, in Class A before we move forward. Here is that this is the first year that neither the boys or girls from Charleston Catholic made the state tournament since the infamous 2001, when Gilmer County made it in single <laughs> A and played for the title. Things all come full circle around here. Sometimes it's amazing how that works. Uh, you just have to look uh, a little bit deeper sometimes. But right now we'll uh, we got our student athlete of the our standout athlete of the week. He is Nicholas Greeley. He is a senior at Bridgeport High School, uh, carrying a 3.4 GPA and also uh, averaging 21.7 rebounds a game for the Indians, who are the number two seed in the Class AA State Tournament next week. Nick Greeley joins us now on the program. And Nick, first off, congratulations on getting back to uh, Charleston in the state tournament. Thank you. Alright, uh, we know that you've been a little bit of a late bloomer uh, when it comes to uh, recruiting and uh, Andrew mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier when we had Andrew Harrison on uh, about how you you had three Division One offers do you have kind of your, your post high school course mapped out just yet or is this something that's still uh, kind of up in the air? Yeah, it's still kind of
18: in the air for me I'm not 100% so I'm going to go to college out. I'm just going to play play the rest of the season out. I got a few colleges coming to the uh, state tournament this next week and uh, probably going to set up some visits after that. So we'll just, we'll just see what happens from there.
1: Your ball club has been outstanding all season long man. and a team that went toe to toe with Huntington in the Charleston Civic Center. I know that's a game, quite frankly, that I know you guys feel you should have won the ball game and uh, lost yeah. right at the very end. And um, I know. Polka hasn't lost to a, a double-A or anyone within West Virginia, quite frankly, in a, in a couple of years. They're considered a favorite, but right at the same time, I think you're basically one and one-A at this point. What are your thoughts going into Charleston and into the state tournament this season?
18: Yeah, we've had, we've had a great season, and uh, we're really looking to cap off our season with the state title, and uh, we got Ravensville's first game. We've We played them earlier this season, back on, I think, December 30th, and we beat them by 14. So we're going to get in the gym tomorrow, watch some film, get ready for them, and then uh, we beat them just prepare for Fairmont Senior and Bluefield, whoever wins that matchup.
3: You talked about the, the offers that you have to play at the next level when you have an opportunity to showcase your abilities and your talents at the highest level going to the state championship and you're going to get to show these schools who are hungry for your abilities to come and play for them, how exciting is that for you to get a chance to go out and play the game you love and get to do it on the biggest stage in Charleston, West Virginia for a state title?
18: Oh, it's, it's great. I, I love big games like this. Um, last year, I played well at the state to say tournament and, uh, this year I'm looking to play well too. And, uh, Hopefully lead us to the state,
1: state title. Um, Nick, let, let's talk a little bit about off-the-floor as well. Uh, a member of the DECA club and um, an honor roll each semester of high school. Bridgeport is a is a area that is very proud, tradition-rich uh, when it comes to athletics, but also academics as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the system that is there uh, growing up in it, the youth leagues, etc., that really turned people, not just great athletes, but really, Good, we're talking good uh, students who uh, do a lot of work outside of the classroom as well.
18: Yeah, it's it's number two academically and double uh, A wise. We're we're very good um, for sports. Just starts from like being a young kid growing up there, like tradition wise. It is started from the ground up. It seems like I'm I'm originally from Fairmont, but like I played against British Four teams my whole life and just. They, they just start young. They just built it up. It's a really good tradition they have. Nick
1: Greeley, our standout athlete of the week, 21 points, seven rebounds a game, and the Bridgeport Indians heading to Charleston next week. We wish you guys the best of luck. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks All for having me. All right, we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with uh, Madison Jones, senior for Systemville. She had what is, to this point, the moment of the tournament. Uh, and the Girls Basketball State Tournament back on Wednesday. We'll have her when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break
4: Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees; Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers, Dalton Gray, Webster County Highlanders. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominations based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. And we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. And if your team has a reschedule, let us know about that, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. You can email scores and reschedules for your team to scores at basketballnight.com. Check it out at basketballnight.com. It's the daily hoops roundup.
4: Welcome to the main event.
9: Let's get ready to rumble!
5: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome purveyor of the fans' basketball manual, traveling ambassador for misunderstood referees everywhere proudly issuing technicals to all three basketball friday night hosts in one single show holding the basketball friday night record for longest time on hold it's basketball friday night's resident referee bull nose anderson my goodness, guys! I'm
6: I'm sweating. I, I I understand that Ryan has come in this way before, and I, I just can't take it. I, 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 I mean, I gotta be like Big Daddy, so I just come in. I can, just, I please, can I please have a
1: double technical?
3: Get me out of
6: here! I, I've,
1: I've got to say something. Now you understand when we tell this story about how last year the intro was playing and I hadn't gotten here yet. If you don't know me, I'm very efficient with my time. I don't like to waste any of it, and uh, so. I, I'm running down the hallway to get into uh, the studio last year. We have uh, Ben Marcus and Braxton who were on set ready to go with the show, but not really wanting to be on the yeah, air right at the was, beginning. I was
3: rolling down 4th Avenue. They, and I got the, the, the tuck and roll at 4th and Hal Greer and did a sprint up the front of the building. So, yeah, it was a uh, good times. I, I,
1: yeah, I came running in here, and there was no one here but them. They saw me, and they left. Thank you. <laughs> um, and um, just, to, just to put that in perspective. Perspective, uh, Bo, now you know how we feel. We'll, we'll talk more with our resident referee in a moment. We're actually going to put him on hold right now, even though he's live.
11: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, because, nice if we had a little
3: graphic we could just throw up on the screen, just like a big red X over top of him, like on Family Feud or something.
1: I do want to give uh, one, you know, it's gone final now. Huntington defeats George Washington 53-27, so it will be the Highlanders and Morgantown in the AAA state championship game tomorrow now state tournaments are more than just state champions there are moments in state tournaments that are remembered forever and it goes beyond winning and losing although again we know winning and losing is what everybody's there for and at the end of the day that's what they care about but um sometimes we focus too much on just the champion and not the the process Sissonville's girls had what I would consider one of the best runs in terms of a three-year period out of the 4-5 seed game to the state championship game two years ago, to a state championship last year, and to the semifinal round and a just what was a tremendous ball game this afternoon. But how did they get there? That 4-5 matchup Wednesday night, It was Sissonville and Summers County. They were tied late, and a name very familiar to the program came up and made a big play.
4: They let him get it into Jones. Here we go. 12 seconds to go. Jones top of the key. Jones beyond the three-point arc, seven seconds to go, she spins,
9: still with it, Madison Jones with the ball, three seconds to go, jumper off the left baseline, it's good,
1: and the game is over, Sissonville wins it, Madison Jones kept it, dribbled time off the clock, worked towards the left baseline, she stuck that 14-foot jump shot with just a second to go, and Sissonville survives
4: on to semifinal Friday.
1: Well, that was Metro News with the call of the quarterfinal round game. Sissonville beating Summers County 47 45. Madison Jones joins us now. And Madison, you hear that, and I know today it was not the result you wanted, but I still think you made a really good memory right there as well. Yeah,
19: um, I mean, that was a great experience. I was glad to have my teammates with me, and that's definitely a moment I'll remember
1: forever. Talk about a group that has embodied the underdog role um, for whatever reason, and again, that it, what's in the past is in the past in terms of how the seeding was done for this year, and I know that a lot of folks were unhappy with it, and a lot of people kind of raised some eyebrows with it, but nonetheless, coming out of that 4-5 or five matchup two years ago and making it to the state championship game, making the run to the state title a year ago and we're not even talking about two this is a ball uh, this is a group of girls has won soccer state championship uh, and, and uh, several of them on the state championship softball team as well madison the wins there and the memories that you guys have made in charleston over the uh the past few years and especially there in the uh in the charleston civic center just tell me what led you guys to being able to raise your level of play in that building the last three years
19: I think um gosh, let me think about that. Probably just uh Um Hold on
1: let's, hold on. <laughs> you know what, you, you, you just think about that one here for a second. Uh we That's left good. Madison speechless there. With the, with
3: the <laughs> I, I know, I'm sure her, her teammates are probably <laughs> saying that. Uh, Madison, go back, take us back through that game-winning shot. About 14 seconds left on the clock when you took the inbound. What was the game plan? Did you have almost like a clock in your head ticking of when you knew you had to get rid of the basketball, and was it the game plan to take as much time off of that clock as you could and try to get an, uh, the game-winning shot?
19: Ah. Uh. A little bit, a little bit in ways. I guess you could say it was kind of my game plan. I mean, um, I looked at Carly and I just, I kind of told, you know, I was just, we were just thinking it in our heads that, you know, we don't want to give them, we want to make sure that they don't get a shot off as well. But, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the game plan was on that.
1: I'll <laughs> well, just say, let me set this up with just Because uh, I've, I've got time to give a more detailed explanation than, than what Metro News did there okay. in the moment. Basically, what happened was they gave the ball to uh, Madison in the backcourt with 13 seconds left. She dribbles up. They set a double screen. She dribbles right, doesn't see anything. They, both screeners turn around. They set a double screen. She dribbles left. And uh, actually, I was wrong. She, started, she went left first. Yeah, left first. Then right, went then right, then-, then came back left. And there was a miscommunication by the Summers County defense. They both went with the roll. I think, actually, I think it was a pop. I think uh, Carly popped out, and they both jumped at her, leaving Madison alone, who dribbled to the baseline, calmly knocked down a 14-foot jumper. I don't think it can be understated that there was no panic in that moment. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Coach to did not say, hey, Madison, just dribble back and forth off double screens until they leave you alone and then knock down a jumper to win the game. But uh, tell me about not panicking in that moment, even though I know some people say, hey, it was a tie game, there wasn't a lot of pressure, but tell that to somebody in the state tournament.
19: Yeah, I mean, we just, as a team, we just always never give up and just always try to stay positive. And um, that probably showed just not – in that, like, letting the pressure get to us. We were just trying, you know, trying to play our game and stuff like that. And, um, I don't, I don't know,
1: Well, <laughs> uh, definitely a, a special moment. And, uh, I know, again, today did not go as, as you would have liked, but a tremendous career and, uh, I think a lot of people remember the name Madison Jones and Carly Pinkerton. You'll got you guys will be hand in hand when it comes to uh, name recognition in the Charleston Civic Center and girls' state tournaments for years to come. Congratulations on that, and uh, wish you the best of luck. I know you're uh, you're moving on, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you're going to continue your career in college, correct? Okay. Uh, all right, Madison Jones. We thank you very much for joining I'm- us. I'm sorry. I right. that's okay. Don't worry about it. I know we had some. I, I there was a delay there. We could tell. So don't. No, no concern there. And uh, you know what happened. She was in Charleston to the Civic Center. Weird.
3: Yeah, she fell into the black hole of, <laughs> yeah. of uh, technology death.
1: The Civic Center does that to uh, all technology. Makes things, For whatever reason, every time we talk to someone who's in the Civic Center, there's a delay, it cuts out, it's hard for them to hear us, so, and, and we don't want to put them through that. But, Madison, thank you for joining us tonight on the program. And uh, right now, um, we'll, we'll turn to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, here for a moment. We'll talk with Joe Linville. A little bit later on, we'll get you a scoreboard update at the top of the hour. But, um, Bo, uh, when you get to the state tournament, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but um, at the same time, do officials feel the um, the extra scrutiny in the state tournament setting?
6: Well, you know, I like to think that most of the guys try to, um, uh, you know, just do what they've done throughout the year to get there. Um, you know, you have a few more things that happens. You get video critiqued. Uh, you know, you have all your peers watching. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff involved. But, you know, for the most part, you know, I think it's just simply, you know, go out and do what you did that got you selected to be there. And, uh, you know, you always want the games to go smooth. I know there was a rough game earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, you don't want to have to referee that game. Just just like the game doesn't want to be played like that, uh, you don't want to have to referee that kind of game. But uh, sometimes, you know, if every game was easy, then anybody could officiate. I mean, that's the bottom line. Everybody could put the stripes on. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you were hired, uh, you're hired to blow the whistle, not, not blow the whistle. Because if you don't, then, you know, we may as well not have anybody out there working the game. So, uh, you know, I think that that's, you know, that's the main priority is, uh, you know, just go out and do the best job that you can and, uh, you know, deal with the situations that's in front of you.
1: I think, that, um, I think that sums that up.
3: Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, that's about as
1: because again, we're, we're, we've talked about it off and on, and we're not being critical. I did not see the game because I've watched games before where the teams just fouled the tar out of each other the entire night, and so I wondered if the officials' whistles were going to make it. And they have, they have
3: to get the backup whistle because the little pea ball is is worn out at the locker. Room. Right. Well, In the I, locker room. Well,
6: I, I usually I usually use the term that you you know when I have a game like that that uh, I got this off a friend of mine and I had to go home and soak my lips. <laughs> because
2: They were absolutely worn out. You know? Well, I tell you, I, I did see the game, and again, I'm not being critical either. It's just sometimes – in Bo, I think as an official, uh, every game has its own feel and identity to it. These two teams in their first-round game had 16 personal fouls apiece total in those games. They both had well over 30 today playing each other. Sometimes it's a style matchup because Fairmont senior, obviously full-court pressing, a lot of physical play – Graft and not adverse to that, but sometimes it's matchups because when you look at it on just paper, these are two teams that did not foul excessively in round one, but they weren't playing each other.
6: Well, yeah, that's true. You know, your matchups, you know, people look at the paper sometimes and they see where a team shot. 30 foul shots, and the other one shot six, but, you know, they or failed... Or 50. To, yeah, or 50 <laughs> in this case, but, you know, they, they failed to recognize that one team played his zone, the other team pressed the whole game. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things involved with that, and, you know, people just looking at the stats, you know, they don't understand that doesn't tell the story of the game at all, you know, you, and not only does it not tell the story of the game for the officials, but a lot of times it doesn't tell the story about the game itself.
1: It's 11 o'clock, that's the top of the hour, and we need to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll have a Another scoreboard update for you. We'll also lay out the uh, Boys State Tournament. We'll talk with Joe Linville, who is there. And early tonight, Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. That's
4: That's right. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, LP, Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay. Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com.
0: This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.03 on this Basketball
1: Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling... James Collier with you. Rick Marone will be back with us in a moment. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is taking up residence on the set with us tonight. We'll also uh, ask him any questions. And if you've got any questions, too, especially for Bo, especially about officiating and the mechanics involved, um, again, you can give us a call anytime, 1-855-345-4709. Again, the number is one 345 4709 James, I know you haven't been able to be with us for a couple of weeks. You want to know how smooth the, the call list has been going with us for the last two weeks now? That's the first time I've given out the phone number. And i still got people on hold. I only did that so they could talk to Bo. That's pretty good. That, that's, that's the guys in the back doing good work.
3: we okay? hey, we got one of the best crews in, in the business.
1: Cannot, cannot express our appreciation. Uh, for them enough, and Coach Monroe, you can go ahead and walk back in. It's okay to walk back in on set. Bill Cornwell <laughs> we need the time. Yeah, Bill Cornwell's
3: in and out all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we needed some like some great music, some Ric Flair music or
1: something for him to walk back in with. Okay, you said it. it you know, it's gonna, it will time. happen eventually. Yes, yes. Don't get, don't challenge the guys who are upstairs. Which again, this show takes two four worth of people to make work. We're just the faces you see on camera. Yeah. But nonetheless... Hashtag uh, bunch of cuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said people on two floors. I didn't say a bunch of people on two floors. And we don't pay. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> this is a Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We know you want scores, and it's time for a scoreboard update. We have all the scores in tonight. Not many of them. Only uh, six games on this semifinal Friday. All the boys' regional games were earlier in the week. None were postponed until tonight. James... Set the AAA for us.
3: Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. Class AAA is ready to go. Tomorrow night, it will be the Huntington Highlanders and the Morgantown Mohicans. Huntington tonight with a 53-27 beatdown of the GW Patriots. Huntington holds GW without a field goal. From 5'10 at the 5'10 mark of the third quarter until one thirty six left to go in the contest. In the last two games for the Highlanders, they have forced 72 turnovers and only allowed nine assists. Final tonight, 53 27. Jordan Dawson, 16.7 rebounds in the winning effort. Shy Banks, a double double, 12 points and 11 rebounds. Morgantown, as we mentioned, with a nice win earlier today. 57-49 to victory over Park South. That'll set up your class AAA tomorrow. Ryan, up for
1: AA. AA games in the books tonight. Actually, it was again earlier today. I still have not got the time of day correct. But nonetheless, Wyoming East, the top seed, beats number four, Sissonville, 51-46. The Warriors come from behind. They were actually down eight points in the second quarter. That came from behind. That game's a two-point game late. Sissonville had a three to take the lead in the last 30 seconds, but basically for the first time in two years, that big shot did not go in Charleston. Wyoming East will play Fairmont Senior in the state championship game. The Polar Bears beat Grafton 76-58. That game, high noon tomorrow in Charleston.
2: And Ryan, at 2.30, the Class A Championship comes down to Gilmer County. The Lady Titans led by Riley Fitzwater. 16 points, 23 boards, and a big win over Notre Dame today, 47-44. And all they have ahead of them is the seven-time defending champion, St. Joe Irish. But not the normal mode of getting into that final game. We talked with Coach Lewis early in the program. Come from behind. To get a 47-43 win over St. Mary's, St. Joe gets a chance to go for number eight. And I've talked a lot about history, Ryan, but uh, a little old team from down in McDowell County, the North Fork uh, Blue, the Demons. De- Blue Demon's record uh, of eight titles, uh, going to be on the line tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, that—that's a record that I think a lot of people
1: thought would stand for. Uh, long time and and I still think will on the boys side but that's should check your basketball night.com scoreboard update we want to welcome all of you who are uh, just now joining us after the uh, Metro News coverage of the girls state tournament wrapped up for the night Huntington getting the win in the nightcap Joe Linville has been in Charleston all week he's been uh, our man on the ground again we have we have so many people who help this program in, in ways that sometimes I don't think they understand. But, uh, and, Joe, big thank you to you. You're, you're our eyes and ears on the ground in Charleston tonight. And um, semifinal Friday wrapping up. And quite frankly, Joe, uh, only three games of the six came down to the wire today.
13: Yeah, it was really interesting. There was, you know, like you said, there was some good games and there was some bad games. But I tell you what, the uh, the six winners from today, I think you're going to see three excellent basketball games tomorrow. I think uh, the matchups are are going to be pretty even, and I think each and every one of them is going to go down to the wire.
1: Well, Joe, let's start with Class Single A. I mean, look, a lot of people know St. Mary's has been on the doorstep for so long, and they had a lead in the final uh, four minutes tonight against St. Joe but just could not hold on. St. Joe scores the last five points of that game and then Gilmer County with Riley Fitzwater no longer an enigma. She's on the statewide stage and she has uh, put on a, a show 6-4 uh, uh, post for the Lady Titans and uh, Gilmer County I think might have a little bit of confidence going into this game, Joe, because for the first time in a long time, St. Joe looked a little vulnerable tonight.
13: Yeah, they they struggled, and, and Saint Mary's girls, and my hats off to them. I mean, they fought down to the bitter end. They they were down uh, deep, I think about seventeen points there at one time, and they came back and even took the lead uh, back and forth a couple of times. But it was Saint Joe in the end. And Gilmore County, I tell you what, they just they just like you said, um, the confidence and the, the continuity on the team, they just stopped. Uh, I, I saw them play what I felt was a very good ball game to defeat Notre Dame today.
1: Class AA, I think it was a great ball game between Wyoming East and Sissonville. Many people thought it would be. It lived up to that hype. Uh, Back and forth a little bit through the uh, second and third quarters, Wyoming East built out a little bit of a lead. Sissonville came back, had a shot to try to take the lead late in that ball game. It did not go. And uh, Wyoming East will play Fairmont Senior, the winner of a free throw shooting contest earlier today against uh, Grafton in a game in which 96 free throws were shot, and both teams shot very well from the free throw line, uh, but a game that uh, you know lasted a uh, long into the, the late morning hours uh, this morning, and uh, those two ball clubs, the Wyoming East and Fairmont Senior, they like to get it and go, and uh, that makes for a great matchup tomorrow at least on paper.
13: Yeah, I, I think so as well. It it was just uh, you know Fairmont come out and they just you know they were seemed like they were hot from the start right down to the final buzzer. And, and that Wyoming East-Sissonville uh, game was a great game. I I got to talk to uh, Rich Schemes there after the game. I told him we were kind of rooting for him there a little bit because if uh, if they would have won last night over Chapmanville, both their teams would have been in the States. And I, I kind of felt sorry for him. You could just tell he was really uh, dejected over the loss. But, but anyway, I think that's going to be a great matchup, uh, number three Fairmont and number one Wyoming East.
1: And then in Class AAA game that just finished, Huntington with a dominant performance over the second half against George Washington, and they'll play Morgantown. I think most people would agree that for the long haul this season, these have been the two best teams in AAA. I think Morgantown and Huntington looking like a tremendous AAA title game tomorrow night.
13: Yeah, I think so as well. And uh, both those games played up to their hype, uh, the number one and number two seed, We'll face each other tomorrow to determine who's the best in AAA.
1: And Joe, just uh, give me an idea of the feel from the tournament. Um, Again, we mentioned from Gilmer County, Riley Fitzwater has been a name that has really stood out. But for you, just uh, seeing a a lot of these teams, I know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but sometimes if you lose that opening round or that quarterfinal round game, you kind of get lost in the shuffle for the course of the week. But any performances that really stood out to you over the course of uh, this first three days of the state tournament,
17: yeah, you would ask me
13: that. I'd, I'd already kind of put <laughs> my stats in my bag. But, uh, but gotcha. anyway, the the uh, the girl from Wyoming East, the uh, I, her name's coming to mind, the uh, Partis. Well, yeah, she had a good game. Uh, the couple, I'll tell you, the couple girls from uh, Sissonville had a real good game. The two point guards. Uh, they they had outstanding games today, even though you know they went down to defeat. But uh, there was uh, several of the girls that we'd talked about over the course of the season, even on the show, uh, that, that stepped up and, and and played to their potential tonight.
1: A great uh, tournament so far, and what well, should be three tremendous matchups tomorrow. The way it should be in the state championship round. A hey, yep. Joe, always a pleasure, and uh, look forward real, to real uh, quick.
13: I've yeah, got, go ahead. Uh, a, yeah, a couple of words. A couple of words. I want to give out. Uh, Gilmer County best cheering section. Their student body was just outstanding today. They were all uh, dressed in blue shirts, trimmed in white, they cheering their team on. Uh, uh, best press conference coach jason white in morgantown high they they he and the girls all uh handled themselves very well uh it almost been like they'd been off to uh, practicing somewhere even the girls some of the girls today <laughs> really struggled to give answers but my hat's off to them and if there's any uh uh kudos that go the other direction i was really disappointed in huntington high and st joe neither one of those schools even had a student body representing them tonight so uh Students, you guys got to come out and support your teams, uh, especially when you get down to Charleston.
1: Let's put this into perspective, real fast. St. Joe and Huntington played back to back tonight, and no one went.
13: Yeah, yeah. You would think that they would uh, be able to get some people, you know, no farther than Huntington is up to to cheer them on.
1: That's been an unfortunate, disheartening. Yeah, unfortunately, that's something that's not changed over the years, and. Again, as someone coming from and a school that has not had success in basketball, don't take that for granted.
9: <laughs> One quick question
13: for you, Ryan. Have you ever done a game, a play-by-play, like the Pocus Scott game <laughs> last night?
1: No. <laughs> that would have been fascinating. You're talking, about
13: a tough, you're talking about a tough game. And Scott, I heard you guys talking about it earlier. Scott... Even though they froze the ball, they didn't stand there and, and just hold the ball. They were like uh, the Harlem Globetrotters warming up around the uh, three-point arc. I mean, they just – Well, they sweet George one Brown playing in the background.
11: <laughs>
13: <laughs> hey, they, they could have played it. It, would, it wouldn't have been any different. But I tell you what, that was probably the toughest basketball game I ever called in my life. Well,
1: I mean, we've got a second here. A little backstory. If you're broadcasting baseball, you know to go in with some stories because you've got some time to fill. Football, you get little segments of time to fill around uh, quite a bit of action, but it's stop and go. Basketball, you don't put a lot of filler material together because generally the game tells its own story. So I ask you, Joe, how do you, how do you, how do you go into that?
13: I actually called it, you know, uh, you know, the handoffs and the passes and so forth, just like uh, you, just like they were scoring. I mean, uh, there wasn't anything else to do. But, uh, I <laughs> you're you're it, stuck I at that point. You, well you have to do something. Considering the situation. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a tough one to call, I'll be honest. But uh, we survived it, and uh, congratulations to Polka. And I really believe they're the team to beat next week.
1: Joe Limble, always a pleasure again. And uh, get you a good night's sleep tonight.
13: All right, guys. We'll see you next Friday.
1: Thank you very much. Joe Wimble. All right. I'll tell you something we haven't talked about, too, and we'll talk about this more when we come back. How the finish went down in Chapmanville last night between Sissonville and Chapmanville in that Region 4 co-championship game. I know Chapmanville is the eighth seed and a long shot against Polka, but the way Chapmanville has won the sectional championship and the regional co-championship, anything's possible. it makes you wonder. It just makes you wonder. We'll explain. When we come back, and we'll talk with Rick Kozlowski as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break
4: Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: There's absolutely no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget the poll question. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Each week, we've got a new poll question just for you. It's another way you can interact with the show. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school voice. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. A big shout out to all of our new Twitter followers, including Ryan Farley, Monroe Moeller, Eleanor Pierce, Kylie Ellis, Neil Rasnick, Shayla Hinterer, Matt Hensley, Kelsey Miller, Colton Fix, Mackenzie Friend, MHS Girls Basketball, Ad Ben Halterman, Dustin Tilly, Isabella, Taylor Newcomb, Joshua Yan, Stratton Mandola, Rich Clark, Heather, Mike Baldy, Mike Goldwyn, Christopher Derrico Brandy Haney, Coach Ron Terry, Sydney, Hoop Dog, Anita E and Easton Davis Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup A Big thank you to all of our Twitter followers giving us schedule updates scores and updates on their teams Welcome to the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family You're part of the best basketball show in the Mountain State. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup up, part of basketballnight.com every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in west virginia we send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the daily hoops roundup you can also visit basketballnight.com and just click on daily hoops roundup for all the day's scores and we'd like for you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week too and if your team has a reschedule let us know about that too send us your team scores by twitter text or email and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family.
4: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-19
1: on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Semi-final Friday in the girls' state basketball tournament in Charleston. The state championship matchups are set there. The matchups for the boys' state tournament are also set for next week, Wednesday through Saturday, at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. Six games Wednesday, six games Thursday six games Friday, and then three championship games Saturday. It's all a whole lot of fun and uh, always uh, an opportunity for folks to, a lot of times, plan their vacations together to go to the state tournament where a lot of coaches see each other. You end up with basically a mini coaches convention in Charleston. A lot of officials also get together and go to the state tournament as well. It's just a just a time to celebrate the game
3: well one of the things i always enjoyed going up on the the state tournament was is is also getting a chance to see the other media members from around the state you know we we talk on twitter we talk on the show we we text we, we and back and forth but you don 't get a chance to often put a face to a face very much, and um, it was uh, you know I, I remember uh, it was two years ago when I got a chance to finally meet the cause, and he just kind of nonchalantly walked up behind me and it was he was exactly as I pictured you know it was nothing different but uh, it, it is' it 's like you, I think we, we say it so much on the show it 's a celebration of, of the athletes and what they get to do, and you know we're just we 're honored to be a part of it and it's it is so much fun to watch the the kids. Go up and play for what they've worked so hard for to accomplish, and uh, being a part of the state championship every year is always a blast.
1: Something that we always also try to do is is remember the history a little bit. We mentioned that Gilmer County's girls are going to play in the state tournament for the fir- in the state championship game for the first time since two thousand one. I actually attended my first girls' state tournament in two thousand one. I was a senior in high school. I Are went up to watch yourself. Coach Rick Marone's. Yeah, I went up to watch Coach Rick Marone's uh, Tulsa Lady Rebels take on James Monroe in the opening round uh, game, and uh, that was a very tight game. I remember James Monroe got a couple buckets late that put that game out of reach, and uh, they went on to win the state championship. But sometimes names kind of you remember names, and I was just looking back through the state tournament teams, and uh, that Gilmer County bunch had danae dobbins and if i remember correctly she was someone who was scoring like 25 26 27 a night and to put things in perspective on a state finalist she was the lone representative of gilmer county on the all-tournament team so
2: yeah a lot was put on her uh, yeah a lot was put on her she was a tremendous player and uh, you know, uh, I know uh, we took a look back at uh, Josh DeLotter. I know uh, was part of the program in the past. And, uh, you know, interesting to look back. And, Ryan, uh, time does fly. But as you mentioned, a lot of memories, and that's what state tournament's all about, is those memories, those opportunities to celebrate basketball. And uh, the name Dobbins uh, will always be etched in uh, state tournament history there. And as you mentioned, the lone uh, representative on that all-tournament team.
1: Yeah, that was uh, like I said. It's just interesting how that works. She would later go on to become a standout at Glenville State College, and then uh, went to play professional basketball in Switzerland. <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, exactly. I mean, that, that's what we're saying. So, what, the whole the whole reason for that story is just you know just to uh, soak it in a little bit. Well, because right. there's always there's always something special to hang on to and a memory to hang on to, and it to.
2: weaves a lot of things together. You mentioned your first experience at the girls' tournament, and then now today, and to be able to weave that together. And you <clears throat> you talked to Madison Jones earlier, some memories that she's had over the last three years, and it, it, the game of basketball is the constant there. I think it's why we all love the game. We love covering the game. We love coaching officiating the game is it brings a lot of people together from different walks of life james and it's all about a celebration of a great sport
3: and it is and it's it's such a grind too you know we we start in october in practices and you get up into to scrimmages in november and then you know we get the show going up and and up through december and by the time we get to march you get that finally get through the boys state championship and you say man <laughs> that's that's a nice break but two weeks later you're like. Man, I can't wait for December again. I'm ready for some basketball. Um, and, and I think I think the athletes are the same way. They they like that break uh, there at the end to get a nice breather, but they crave it. And uh, it's it's one of the things I think uh, whether you're a, a coach, a media member, or a player, you crave the game that you love and you want to be a part of it any chance you get.
2: Yeah, and James, I know they're out of our. State coverage there, but Lawrence County, Kentucky, uh, heading to the Sweet 16 uh, uh, this coming week. Uh, best wishes to them as well. That's that's kind of in our area. So. Yeah, there there were five
1: thousand people at the Region 15 <laughs> championship game in Kentucky.
2: That was an amazing
3: basketball game
1: <laughs> in between and that was Johnson Central High School. Uh, just outside of Paintsville, Kentucky, and uh, Lawrence County, which is in Louisa, Kentucky. I mean, a stone's throw from Fort Gay, West Virginia. Yeah. The, you, you could stand on top of the old Fort Gay High School, and you can see Louisa plain as day. Well, so.
3: and, and a tie-in, um, and a bridge
1: that comes to a T with a red light in the middle. Yes, exactly. exactly.
11: <laughs> um,
3: and, and, to, and to tie in Johnson Central to kind of this area as well, uh, Assistant Coach uh, Van Hoos, who played his high school or his collegiate career here at Marshall. He's uh, one of the members of the uh, the uh, Eagles. So. Great guy, great coach, and uh, I got to see his team play earlier this season.
1: And he won a state championship as a player at Paintsville, at Paintsville. a tiny school yes. in Kentucky where you only have one. State yeah, there
3: there's only one state championship. So. And it's it's basically right now they have six state classifications. Now, they use the classifications in football only. Now, back uh, when he won, it was more five classifications, if you will. But, yeah, it's uh, you could be a single-A school and you could be playing against a 6A school when you get to Rupp Arena in Lexington, but they take 16 regions, they bring them all together, and, and have at it, and they bring out one champion.
1: We'll go to Rick Kozlowski in just a moment. But first, someone who... You talk about this kind of being a year-round thing in many ways. I was standing in a cold press box in Pocahontas, West Virginia after a high school football game at the end of October uh, speaking with Alan Osborne about the upcoming basketball season at the time and it's hard to believe that we are already to state tournament week. Coach Al- Osborne joins us now on the program and uh, Coach, first off, congratulations on getting back to the state tournament.
13: Well, thank you. So it's, it's a big honor just to get to the state tournament and we're thrilled to be there and looking forward to, uh, to playing next Wednesday at
1: 5.30. Coach, an interesting game, to say the least, in, uh, in your regional uh, championship. I don't think that's anything that necessarily would have surprised you because I know that Chapmanville used a similar ploy over the course of the season. You end <laughs> up playing Chapmanville again in the state tournament. There's a chance that they're going to also hold the basketball. Um, your guys, though, seem to be able to handle – a lot of just about anything that's thrown at them, even a stall type of game, is that something that you even address in practice, or how do you adjust to that on the fly?
13: Yeah, we obviously talked about it and prepared for uh, for uh, Scotts uh, holding the ball, and and uh, you know the big thing is uh, is getting from the lead. You got you can't play from behind. And, uh, you know, we, uh, our kids did a great job defensively, staying focused and not giving up any easy baskets. We only gave up three buckets and, and, uh, one was, uh, a three point shot on a, we missed messed up on a switch and another was a drive and, uh, you know, we, uh, and we didn't give them any second shots. so we were, we were really happy with our defense and, you know, it was, it was a tough game and. It was tough Bentley, you know, it's uh, and, and we told our kids to be be focused and every possession was going to be important, and uh, they did a great job just, uh, you know, doing those type of things. We, we'd worked on some traps, and we did trap a little bit and did get a couple steals and then made them use some timeouts, but, uh, you know, we didn't want to do everything at once because, uh, you know, um, if we got behind we'd have we we had a plan to speed the game up but right now when we're ahead we're just we're obvious to we'll get to the next game so we were going to we were going to wait them out I guess is the best way to put it.
1: <laughs> 20 to 10 was the final score again that game was 10 to 3 at halftime and uh coach uh with with your poke ball uh boys basketball program uh not having lost in state since a uh, a loss in the state tournament to Bluefield 2 years ago now um it it, it I know you get reminded of that from people like me or people like us in the press but does, is there any feeling of that around the team any pressure that comes with that
13: no i tell you what we, we've we kind of taken this approach uh, you know we're just trying to get better every day win next game we don't talk about any of those things and uh, you know we're going to be totally focused on preparing for Chapmanville and and uh those things are something that's in the season you can sit back and talk about, but right now it's, they're really not important. And uh, we're just trying to, like I say, get ready for Chapmanville. And Chapmanville's really got a nice basketball team. Maybe they, they've changed a lot. They've put a six-seven kid in there, and and uh, you're all talking about them holding the ball. I don't. I don't think we'll hold the ball. <laughs> they're pretty daggone good. They're. Uh, uh, uh big and strong and and got good primer players and I'll be surprised if they hold the ball now. I think they'll try to control tempo, but last night you know Scott just held the ball. They weren't trying to score. Uh, I think uh Chapmanville will try to score. They're they're very they're very good.
3: Coach, I'll play devil's advocate here. Um going back through the previous meetings between your team and Scott if you would have been the opposing coach, coaching against POCA, would you have made the same decision of trying to slow the tempo down and holding the, holding the basketball?
13: Well, uh, Scott, you know, Nick does a great job over there. Uh, I think, I think you know, we, we've, we've played games in my coaching career where we've tried to control the tempo. I think the big thing you've got to do when you do that is, is you've got to attempt to score. And uh, uh, and uh, uh, that, that's the big. That's I think it's very important when you when you do that. But uh, you know, Scott's very. I thought Bales a pretty good player, averaging 19 a game. He had four guys averaging double figures, and we thought they would slow the game down. And we worked on different things. But I was kind of surprised at the extent that they did hold the ball. Uh, I mean, the second quarter was not a shot taken. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know you're behind eight to three, so and it's really like being behind ten if you're not going to shoot the ball. I mean, it's a three possession game and a two possession game. So, uh, but I, I thought I thought that they did a nice job with what they were trying to do, and, and again I thought our kids did a great job too. So,
1: well, Coach Osborne, we uh, we definitely. It's, it's, can... Yeah, we definitely congratulate you on uh, on the win, getting back to Charleston, an opportunity to defend that AA Boys State Championship, and we wish you the best of luck next week. All
13: right, thank you very much.
1: That's Alan Osborne, head coach of AA's number one seed, Polka Dots, who will take on number eight, Chapmanville next Wednesday. We've got to step aside and take a break. We come back, I promise we'll have Rick Kozlowski, but before him we'll also talk with uh, the head coach of the Huntington High girls basketball team, Lonnie Lucas,
4: when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice
5: in the Mountain State. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your call recapping your team's game visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and thanks to everyone that has sent us all the game reschedules you can send your game reschedules by text tweets and emails we appreciate you being part of all the people out there updating us on all the rescheduled games throughout the mountain state send your rescheduled games via Twitter send it to at 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 hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also text us 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. And you can send us an email. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Go to our website and check it out. Find out how you can connect with the show. A shout-out to all our new Twitter followers. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. New followers include Rich Clark, Heather, Mike Baldy, Mike Goldwin, Christopher Derrico, Brandy Haney, Coach Ron Terry, Sydney, Hoop Dog, Anita E., and Easton Davis. Thanks for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. If you love back, basketball then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game basketball Friday night in West Virginia
4: up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with coach Rick Marone James Collier and Ryan Epling 1134 on this
1: basketball Friday night in West Virginia Ryan Epling Rick Marone along with James Collier and our resident referee Bo Anderson all happy to have you along here on this semi-final Friday night for girls basketball the state championship matchups are set the triple a title game tomorrow night Will be between top seed Morgantown and number two seed Huntington. Lonnie Lucas is the head coach of the Highlanders. He joins us now. And coach, your team very impressive again today, or tonight, I should say, in a win over George Washington. I know you're on the bus on the way back home, but that bus uh, has to be one that's uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Well, I guess We're excited. We're
10: full good. We're having a down. To-
13: Stuff. and if they're not number one for, <laughs>
1: without earning it, so they're they are a good basketball team. We're just looking forward to what we can do when we get out there with, with Uh Coach, uh if you're on speaker, we'd appreciate if you would just uh go ahead and, and take us uh off the of speaker because we, can, we there's a lot of feedback there and uh if that's not the case we apologize. Okay. We'll... Uh, yeah, no no problem, no problem. Uh, but uh, there we go. There we go. But uh Coach, you oh, talked about Mor- that's very good. Perfect. Perfect. You talked about Morgantown being I a very can't good hear you, though, though. Oh, you can't hear me. Okay. Well, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, man, I can. All, right, all right. Here we go. I'm all right. All right. Um, coach, uh, uh, the Morgantown team that you're, you're getting ready to face is one that, much like you, has lost one game. On a shot at the end against South Charleston, um, they're a team known for their defense. You guys have been very proficient offensively. Jordan Dawson has been outstanding, the State Gatorade Player of the Year, and uh, as a junior. And um, this is really a, a fascinating matchup of an offensive, uh, a team with a lot of offensive firepower, and a team that's known for locking down defensively.
13: Well, we uh, yeah it's a it's a pretty good matchup. It's us, Banner, who can who can uh, get the breaks and who can get their thing, get the game going their way. I mean, we we like the tempo to be pretty fast, and I think they do too. Uh, but as a rule, they've been playing uh, a little bit slower tempo than what we want to play. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, they'll have something to say about that when we when we take the floor. Now we're going to press. And there will be no question about that. We'll press them and, and try to get the game going as fast as we can. So uh, that's, that's just the way we play. And we never could tonight. We couldn't get couldn't get the game going as fast as we wanted. And, uh, and likely we only scored 50-some points, and that's, that's low for us. And uh, so uh, tomorrow night we, we better be able to put some points on the board.
1: Well, Coach, let's talk about Jordan Dawson here for a moment. She's a junior. She's someone who took a big step forward in her game between last year and this year. Uh, obviously, still was a good player a year ago, but making that next-level jump, what has been her biggest improvement?
13: Well, her biggest biggest improvement, I'd say, uh, is her ability to, to score at different angles and, and put up different kind of shots. But her shots are still in close. But it's her... Actually, her maturity has helped a lot. She doesn't get as frustrated when you have to take her out and she gets a couple fouls on her. Uh, She's able to accept that now and then come back and play hard. Uh, So she couldn't do that quite uh, as well last year. And then when she was a freshman, you know, she had a real difficulty in that. But, uh, and over the, you know, she started for me this third year, and and, uh, this year it's just, uh, She's a complete. She's a complete player right now,
3: Coach. Over your last two games, you've created seventy-two turnovers for your opponents. How important is that to be able to keep that type of tempo moving tomorrow against a very tough Morgantown team?
13: Well, uh, Morgantown probably will not turn it over that many times, but but for us to win, we've got to, we've got to make sure the team turns it over. You know, somewhere sixteen to twenty-four times a game. If we can't for, if we can't force that many turnovers, then uh, you know we have a hard time scoring. Uh, you know at halftime tonight we we forced 18 turnovers and the forced 18 second half and that's uh, that's big for us. Uh, but again, like I said, we have to uh, try to force more down to speed up a little bit and and make make a few few turnovers. They're not used to making a lot of turnovers. They're very efficient uh, basketball team. Uh, they're good in all all their positions. Uh, make very few mistakes, and uh, and they're just long and lengthy, and uh, it's it's tough. Uh, but but we'll still go at them the same way, and and uh, try to try to force them into turnover so we can create offense off, off the defense.
1: Seven fifteen tomorrow night is the girls' class AAA state championship game. Huntington High and Morgantown. Coach Lonnie Lucas of the Huntington Highlanders. Thanks for joining us. Best of luck tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right. Let's go right back to the phones as we are all – I cannot believe we are tight against time. I mean, this is seriously – Where where did time go? This is the fastest three hours in radio, and I feel like a switchboard operator. I'm just just punching buttons Just punching buttons. I I punch a button and people talk. We now have Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Until you use me up. yeah I like how we just kind of slow things here mellow out a little bit Until
3: you use it's a good drawdown to the show we're coming toward the end trying to wrap things up and cause
1: kind of the he's the um, funk Shui that brings it all together yes Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg <laughs> journal joins us on the program
14: Rick first off great to have you back on basketball Friday night in West Virginia well, thank you, guys. I'm I'm all out here tying the knots.
1: <laughs> well, we've been called worse. But, uh, <laughs> no, um Rick. Something I wanted to to, to mention to you and, and or ask you about. I don't know if you know an answer to this. It's going to be a, a difficult, vague question. That's what we do in journalists sometimes. But um, Martinsburg's girls getting the five seed, and and they they were beaten soundly. Uh, by Parkersburg South, who I think proved that they might have been better than your typical four seat, but that 's another story. Eastern Panhandle girls basketball teams have struggled in Charleston for a long time i mean we 're not talking about this something being something recent we 're talking uh, you can go back um, decades basically, for, uh-huh. for the Eastern Panhandle in girls' basketball. It's also been a little bit of a situation for softball as well. Now, I know the girls' sports, the reason I mentioned those two sports in particular are because baseball in the Eastern Panhandle is fantastic. Boys' basketball has been very
14: good as well.
1: What's the difference?
6: It's
14: funny that uh, you bring that up. I, I sat... Uh in the office of Martinsburg boys basketball coach Dave Rogers today, kind of, uh, and, and one of his assistants, and we were kind of talking about uh, you know what the problem with girls basketball is, and I know you've, you you mentioned the softball, and actually, softball hasn't been quite as uh, the softball has been all right, you know, not. Terrific, but uh, there have been teams that have, in fact, uh, the first uh, state softball championship back in like 1980 was won by Martinsburg, uh, led by uh, a, a young lady, well, she's not that young anymore, but uh, a young lady by the name of Vicky Bullitt. Yes, yeah, she they was pretty the, good. Uh, yeah, she was already a basketball player, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, playing so up on Team USA. It's, it's amazing that you
14: we know, we 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 have one of the best basketball play, female basketball players of all time in the state of West Virginia, two-time Olympian, and girls basketball in general over here is not very good. Uh, you know, I don't like to. You know, it's it's kind of hard to. Uh, you know, knock uh, some of the coaching, but I think that's where it stems from. I'm not necessarily talking about the high school coaches. I'm talking about the rec league coaches, and I'm talking about the, the travel coaches who basically are fathers of daughters who are a little bit athletic. And what basically I think happens is the coach says, okay, here's the ball, you take care of things and the athletic girl runs up and down the floor and no one else gets a chance to touch it and therefore they never develop i watched a uh... middle school game a few weeks ago championship game and i wanted to hug this little eighth grader not literally because what i saw from her was and it it's probably the first time in 10 years that I've seen, or longer, such a thing. She threw an actual chest pass and an actual bounce pass. Fundamentally <laughs> correct. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I haven't seen this. And I, I you know, absolutely loved it. But I think, I think a lot of it's the, the, the training of the players as, as, as uh, younger athletes. And I, I don't think they're being developed the way they should be.
1: It, what I found interesting, and I don't want to belabor this, I'm just kind of adding to what you're saying, is that the companion sports on the boys' side are two of the stronger sports in the Eastern Panhandle, and it was just it was just odd to me. And you're right about uh, a softball, and also with, with girls' basketball as well. Uh, but it just it just stands out as odd to me because generally, if boys are good in a sport, girls are also good in the companion sport. But uh, unfortunately, we're a little bit tight. Uh, Rick, so we got—I know we left you on hold for a long time. So let's, let's talk real fast. I know you made the trip to Weston earlier this week. Musselman getting the win over Lewis County and going back to the state tournament, where they draw Huntington.
14: <laughs> Last year they, they they were were an eight seed. This year a seven. You know, maybe in six more years they'll get up to a top seed. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh you know, I, I think the, uh, the the boys' basketball season triple A pretty much went as expected. I, I think the only the only one you could have questioned may have been the six and the seven between Parkersburg South and Mussman. And uh, in, in most of the the polls, Mussman stood ahead of Parkersburg South, had a slightly better record. But I think reputation sometimes comes into play in these these voting. Of of the seeds, but uh, you know it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a tough uh, tough game certainly for for Muslim playing a two time defending state champion a team that is trying to match the consecutive record of OJ Mayer and Mayo and Patrick Patterson, uh, but you know. While you play the games, exactly. <laughs> and uh,
1: Martinsburg also. Boy, I got
14: so I got I got so cliche there. Hit me over the head for that one, would you? You know,
1: <laughs> sometimes Rick, you do such a good job that we let one slide. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst one I could think of in a, in a hurry there. Hey, our resident referee wanted to give you one quick word. And Again, we're really tight on time, guys, so uh, let's do this fast.
6: Hey, uh, Rick, I certainly appreciate your comments, and I'm glad you enjoy my part of the show. And uh, if you're down to state tournament, uh, I'll be around, so uh, look me up if you would, okay? Well,
14: I'll be somewhere down there on press road, so you might be able to look me up. Okay, that'll, that'll be <laughs> fine. I'm but... sure I'll find you. <laughs> If you're looking from behind, there's a little bald spot on the top. I don't know if that's identifiable or not.
6: Well, if you uh, if you turn on your uh, internet right now and see me, I don't have a whole lot of hair either. So. Uh. <laughs>
1: Fun and, and Martinsburg, we don't want to shorten them real fast. Martinsburg boys with Woodrow Wilson, I think that's the matchup of the first round. Uh, that's in, gonna be a in, fun in, in AAA. I think that would be a great game. That's a that's a rematch of a title game from a couple of years ago. Um, should be a lot of fun.
14: And a four and a four and five matchup a year ago that was a one point game. So yeah, it it, it, it certainly uh, it's the annual it, meeting. Matches up. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, I think the big thing in that game is. How well Martinsburg can handle Woodrow Wilson's height. Martinsburg is not very big, and uh, you know, Woodrow Wilson has some size inside. And I think that's that's where the game's going to kind of uh, come down to how how Martinsburg handles that.
1: Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Look forward to speaking with you next week.
14: I look forward to it as well because, you know, then it won't be for another, what, nine, ten months or something.
1: I know, right? Unless somebody comes up with a baseball night in West Virginia. I don't think we could. No, no, there's no way. No. no we couldn't do that. Hey, I love baseball. <laughs> That's a tough one. Exactly. Hey, Rick, thanks very much.
14: Uh, you guys have a great weekend.
1: All right, you too. That's Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. We'll set aside our final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the
4: Fast Breaks Force Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
5: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRC, LP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP Huntington 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne. Knights Radio. 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. 106.7 FM WHFI Linside. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan. 90.7 FM WFGH 4 k 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP, Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL, Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com.
4: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling.
1: 1151, this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and if you're a WVU fan, you don't want to know the Buddy Hill just did a half-court shot to beat the Mountaineers <laughs> Oh, my the God, 12 God 12 that tournament. went in. That, that, that's the reaction of everyone. 1.8 seconds to go. Now, well, the, the question will be... Uh, okay, you gotta understand. We're watching on, on an internet feed that's kind of broken up a little bit. So will it still count? Will it hold? That seems to be in question. We'll keep a close eye on Twitter. Yeah, that that is March
3: Madness right there. That, 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 how many times have we seen that today? How about the game we were talking into the break? Cincinnati today.
1: Yeah, yeah and the, yeah. the three quarter court three-quarter shot, shot from to, uh, UConn with eight tenths of a second left yeah. to tie the game, send the game into quadruple over time. Incredible! Wow! Didn't have any games come down to this. And again, we'll we'll let you know what the what the actual turnout of this is here in a moment. And I believe they're saying no good. Yeah, they're
3: saying they're saying they're waving it off. So so
1: WVU wins.
3: Buddy Hill shot late. Wow!
1: Mercy! (laughs) That's basketball. That's March Madness. There
3: there was another game that happened like that in the SEC tournament. A kid hit what a game when it was Tennessee Vanderbilt. It was going to send the game to overtime and the ball is literally touching his fingertips as the, as the lights come on and they didn't get it away. They took almost five and a half minutes to look at replay, but they found conclusive evidence to show it didn't go away. It was a correct call, but my goodness, I mean, that's how close things happen at this game. It's so much fun.
1: Did you see the UAB women's uh, game even, yesterday? Don't even bring it Where there was a tenth of a second left, the ball the, the, released, and they said, oh, well, the overlay is delayed from the truck, so it wasn't yeah. even good. That was so strange. But, again, we'll let you know for sure. But it looks like it's not going to count. But uh, let's get you a scoreboard update here. We're running tight on time here. We were already tight on time. (laughs) And then that happened. Looking for scores, looking for more, visit BasketballNight.com. I'll just rattle them off for you. Triple-A state championship game tomorrow will be Huntington and Morgantown. Huntington beats George Washington 53-27. Morgantown beat Parkersburg South 57-49. Double-A state championship game will be Fairmont Senior and Wyoming East at high noon. Wyoming East beating Sissonville 51-46. Fairmont Senior beats Grafton 76-58. Single-A title game, Huntington-St. Joe goes for eight straight. Against Gilmer County, St. Joe winning 47-43, a 5-0 run to end the game to beat St. Mary's tonight. Gilmer County holding off Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish made a mad rush at the end, but Gilmer County got the win 47-44. So Gilmer County, St. Joe for the Girls' State Championship next week. Boys' State Tournament will go fast here as that is our scoreboard update. Visit basketballnight.com for all the latest scores all time through the Boys' State Tournament uh, next week. Now let's get your boy state tournament bracket triple A, number one, Morgantown, number eight, Hurricane. They play Thursday, no, Wednesday at 715. Thursday will be number four, Woodrow Wilson, number five Martinsburg. Also Thursday, number three, Capital, number six, Parkersburg South. And then back on Wednesday, number two, Huntington, number seven, Musselman. Double A. It's Poca versus Chapmanville, Wyoming East versus Robert C. Bird. That's one eight and then four five. And then on the other side of the bracket, Bridgeport versus Ravenswood, Fairmont Senior versus Bluefield in the double A state tournament. In region three, both sectional runner ups go on the road and win in the regional round. And the Boys Class A, number one Magnolia, number eight Fayetteville, who only has two losses, yet is the eight seed, while the seven seed Parkersburg Catholic lost eleven times this year. Interesting. Not saying it's right or wrong. It's just interesting. Number four is Notre Dame. They play number five, St. Joe. Number three is Tug Valley. They'll play number six, Tucker County. Number two, Willing Central plays number seven, Parkersburg Catholic. So that's your Boy State tournament uh, schedule for next week. All that on basketballnight.com. Marcus, you have a poll question for us.
0: Yes, first we'll go to this past week's poll question. As soon as I get it pulled up on my phone, here it is. Where should sectional tournaments take place? 105 people voted on this web poll. 50... Pers- or 50 votes 48 percent of people say neutral site 35 percent say it should be played at the highest seed only 17 percent say continue letting each sex- section decide where sectional tournaments are played now for our new poll question it will be at basketball friday night uh, or basketballnight.com, i should say in just a few minutes we've touched on this one before on twitter and on the show but should the shot clock be introduced in west virginia high school basketball yes or no again we'll have that up at basketballnight.com here in just a few minutes
1: thank you very much marcus that question of course coming into play because of uh the scott polka game where it was eight three at halftime and then 20 to 10 was the final score Poker beat scott in the regional final coach marone your thoughts on well anything
2: <laughs> <laughs> You've got to admit that nothing haven't. like a lead-in, uh, right? Hey, hey, anywhere to go? Anywhere took you, to you to right, go. took you right where he wanted you to go. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'm really excited about the matchups tomorrow. Sometimes semifinal Friday ends up being kind of the 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 coup de grace, if you will. But I really I, these matchups tomorrow in the girls' state tournament, uh, James. I think all three have have the potential with many storylines, great matchups. You think about Huntington and Morgantown, two contrasting styles going at it in triple You go to Double-A, Wyoming East, uh, disappointed last year in the semifinals, a rugged opponent in Fairmont Senior. And then St. Joe taking on <clears throat> Gilmer County, a rematch of last year's regional game that St. Joe won. And we heard Michelle Johnson mention uh, a little bit of high blood pressure after that one uh, in, in Huntington. So three great games, James, and I really expect three great finishes. Well, and we have to
3: wonder too: has has the uh, armor been chinked a little bit or tinked a little bit on on Saint Joe? They had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to win. But uh, um, it's kind of a, a, a matchup of two teams we expected to be there in class AAA a really good way game in AA and single A could be one of the best games of the entire
1: tournament our resident referee bo anderson we always thank you for joining us and for coming in uh, tonight we know that you won't be available to join us on set next week, but we do look forward to hearing from you for our resident referee segment.
6: Well, I'll be uh, calling in, guys, at some point in time. So uh, thank you guys a whole lot. I really enjoyed We'll it. be back for semifinal Friday night next week, 9 to midnight,
1: the show's final show of the season already. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you
0: for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved.